Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on off the script this is your aew dynamite holiday bash post show for december 21st 2022 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining us on your wednesday evening wherever you may be and we got nick motherfucking Williams with a $100 super chat right at the start of the show. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to see Rick Ross in AEW again, says Nick Williams. Merry Christmas to JD and Jesse. Hater and Sheeta was fire. The trios match was awesome. And most importantly, I decided that I'll be streaming Final Fantasy on the new year. Check my Twitter for details. Nick Williams, thank you so much, brother. VIP is Nick Williams. Super Chats will happen at the end of the show. So get them on in like Nick Williams. Jesse, what's going on, man? You look uh, very festive, bro. You look like Mr. Hughes during the holidays, bro. But Merry, Merry Christmas, man. How you doing? <laughs> this guy's in his Christmas pajamas. He's got the fucking hat on. Oh, my goodness. Hey, man. What's going don't, on, bro? Don't, don't make fun of my gangster Christmas jammies, bro. I'm not making the... What does that say? Papa Bear? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. Look at this guy. Papa Bear. Oh, man. How you feel about to, tonight? How you feel about tonight, man? You big motherfucker. How you, how you feeling, bro? Hey, man. We need to make something clear right off the motherfucking jump, man. What is that? Rick Ross is not mid, sir. I, I never... Uh, bro, I, I, listen. Before anybody jumps down my fucking... Uh, Yes, Throat. We, we all heard. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I never mentioned anything about his music, bro. Calm down. Rick Ross is not mid. Period. Period. I, I, I never period. mentioned anything about his music, sir. Calm we need down. you to take that back, man. That's all. Ca- calm all down. Right? Now, after tonight's right. segment, I ain't taking anything back, man. We're going full fucking. Uh, we need you to take. We're, we're, that we're going shit. full yeah. Mortal Combat on this shit, bro. Yeah. What, what, what's talk to me? What's going on about tonight's show? It's a good show, man. It was a good show. It was a hot show. San Antonio was absolutely on fire tonight. A good, good, good show. Um, like you not said, not that Rick Ross segment though. I don't see nothing wrong with it. He gave us. Uh, he, what are you talking us, about? Look, look, look. He gave podcasters like you, me, and across the fucking world headlines right there. You put it in your title, Rick Ross bombs. Rick Ross bombs. Yeah. Hey man, you big motherfucker. Don't don't, don't hate on Rick, man. I'm just telling you. He's the boss. You gotta look. When you pay the cost to be the boss, man, you better watch your tongue, bro. How much? Uh, how much you think that fine's gonna cost, TK, bro? Five G's. Good. Five G's. Five large. Five G's. Five G's, bro. First offense. Okay. Five G's, bro. Five large. Oh yeah. Well, we'll we'll, we'll talk about Rick Ross, Maybach and we'll talk money, about bro. my boy Parker Boudreaux. Uh, I do like the I do like the pairing. I I think that absolutely makes fucking beautiful sense because you know Parker's. Uh, Connects in the hip hop realm. I think that is just fucking so good. 
Um, really? I, I don't you, know how. So, so you, so you know his connect. What are his connects in the hip hop realm? Well, I'm sure Rick me. Ross is one of them. Tell me, tell me what Parker Boudreaux's connects. Are. I don't I'm know, man. He's got more follow. He's got more followers on his Instagram page than uh, than most of the fucking roster combined on AEW. I don't know. Could be he's anybody. Not- I don't know why he knows these people. It feels like he's a make-a-wish kid out there getting getting wishes. Listen, granted. man, the guy. Listen, if he's got connects, good for him. How? Who cares? Me. None of your How? business. How? None of your business. Listen, man. When I get big enough, I'm gonna hire him as my bodyguard. I've already settled it, man. It was either him or Shayna Baszler. Do you hire him as your bodyguard? Every time he hits one dude, he's going to stop and say, ah! That's fine. And I'll get a fucking uh, joyous laugh out of it. Fuck him. And then I'll give them I my mock. <laughs> I laugh, right? As he's fucking flapping around on the concrete. Listen, hit man. One, hit one dude in the face. Listen, listen, Other let him do what he's got to do. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about my boy Parker in a little bit. We'll talk about Swerve Keith Lee. Uh, I, I thought uh, the segment had a ton of potential, but it, it just completely deflated the crowd uh, outside of the outside of the Rick Ross F-bomb drop tonight. Uh, but on the whole, Jesse, I thought Dynamite was a very good show. There was a lot of great action on tonight's show. It did feel a little hurried. It did feel a little rushed compared to last week's episode. I don't know what the fuck happened. Seems like they tried to jam the entire, uh, I don't know what they did. They tried to jam a lot into two hours. And, you know, we, we need to start deviating away from that. And I'll talk about that in a little bit because there's a big story going around about Tony Khan. I want to get Jesse's uh, take on it. But we got Brian Danielson and MJF continuing their feud. Looks like that will be the world championship match going into the next pay-per-view. Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho start a program together. That's going to be tremendous. The ladies in the main event, they actually got the main event tonight, and they fucking killed it. Jamie Hayter and Hikaru Shida was great in the main event. Uh, all in all, bro, good show, but uh, it wasn't without its flaws. Oh, well, not perfect show. No. But, I mean, not a show to complain about, which, no. is, you know, no. that's not why we're here. No. We will pick apart the things. We will, we will dissect it. But yes. the overall show, a fantastic show, man. Yeah. We're going to get into uh, a couple of things first here, guys. Uh, we're going to start at the top here. I want to thank you all, first of all, for joining us right here on Off the Script. It is your AEW Dynamite Holiday Bash review. Uh, I would kindly love if you guys hit the thumbs up. You know, the thumbs up helps us in the uh, YouTube land. It, it helps us uh, get to the uh, algorithm, where, wherever the algorithm is. So uh, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I would really, really appreciate it. A thousand likes is the minimum. And the Super Chats are open. Get them on in at the end of the show or get them in now. And we'll talk about them at the end of the show. And then please make sure you guys hit that join button. Become a channel member right here on Off the Scripts. Tons of great perks and fun to be had with the OTS VIP club. Jesse, we're going to start off with this one, man. I, I know I talked about this on Sunday's episode 457. And I dove into it a little bit. Tony Khan confirmed that AEW will be making changes to its presentation next year. In recent weeks, there's been a lot of speculation that AEW will be introducing new sets and a new look for the flagship show, AEW Dynamite. January 4 is going to be the episode in which these changes are taking place, and it will mark a full year for the show on TBS after its initial run on TNT. Now, he was interviewed by TV insider Scott Fishman 
of TV of TV Insider, Khan addressed the rumors that AEW will be making changes to the set and the presentation. He confirmed that the show will have a new look starting on the January 4th episode in Seattle. And the set, he said, will be beautiful. Khan said also that Rampage will be getting a different look and the changes will affect the way fans view both shows. He says, and I quote, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag necessarily, especially so close to the big day. But at the start of 2023, we're going to open the year on Wednesday, January 4, with the first AEW Dynamite in Seattle, marking a full year of Dynamite on TBS. We'll definitely have a new look, to say the least. I'm excited about it. I think it's a nice thing to present to the fans, but frankly, I found more so than ever, the more you talk about these things, when you build them up, you don't want to create expectations that are impossible. I will say the set will be beautiful. The look of Rampage will also be different. This will affect the way people view AEW on Wednesdays and Fridays in terms of presentation with the set and the show with the same great action. Khan also was asked about bringing in Mike Mansberry into the company. He was the former WWE VP of Global TV Production. And as previously reported by PW Insider, Mansberry has already assumed his position on AEW television, and he is the senior vice president and co-executive producer, producer of Dynamite. When asked to describe what Mansbury has brought to the team, Khan called him a huge acquisition and stated that having someone with so much knowledge in TV production is great for the company. He says, and I quote, Mike just started with us and is a huge acquisition for AEW. He has so much knowledge in TV production. To have him join us as a co-executive producer and senior production executive is really great for us. It's so important to have someone with his experience. Right now, he is evaluating things in terms of presentation. I'm excited about what he will add to AEW, end quote. Now, we talked about Mike Mansbury last week. Jesse, I don't know how much of Mike Mansbury we are actually seeing right now, but I would assume that with the new sets, uh, Mike Mansbury will, uh, I guess, kind of fall in line with that as well, and we will see some of his new implements and changes on January 4th for that first Dynamite of the year. But changing the sets, bro, uh, for Dynamite is important. Not only Dynamite, but Rampage. Uh, I think fans have been calling for this for several, several years now for the two shows to be different from one another. I don't know how that's actually going to work when they tape the show after Dynamite Rampage, that is. But a a new presentation, bro, is going to be a great thing for Dynamite. I'd say new stage, new new lighting, new, new logo, new theme, new everything, man. Just fucking ring in the new year, starting fresh. You know, change the color of the ring ropes from show to show. Maybe a different color mat from show to show. Uh, I think it's great, and I think uh, everybody needs a fresh restart at some point. And, and, and with AEW going into their fourth year, it, it's the right time. Was he there tonight? I'm sure he was. Yes. Well, well, he 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 he, he missed that big time. Yes. Did he? Yes. He he. Uh, Kevin Dunn would never, never, never. He he missed the fucking he he missed the fucking button right you there. You a big man. motherfucker. He's a big motherfucker. <laughs> it's. It's it's Mike Mansuri. There's no B. Mansuri. Why am I calling him Mansbury? I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just attention to detail, bro. Mansuri. Yes. There's there there's there's no B, man. Um, parts. parts I apologize for the two weeks I've been calling him Mike Mansbury. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, man. You get me writing down Mansbury. I know. I'm sorry. Let me change that. Mike Mansuri. And let me. Put a note here because JD is an idiot. Okay. Yes, there you go. Let's there put it go. in a little, little asterisk there. Yeah, JD's there a go. geek. Okay. 
First day on the job. Well, no, it's his second day on the job. They think he was there last week. And 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 they got hit with an FCC fine, man. Yeah. What the fuck, bro? What the fuck? Yeah. Um, well, TK didn't want to let the cat out of the bag, but then he gave us full details and everything going on. Gotta love it. Right? Well, I mean, he didn't really say what the what the colors are going to be, what the set's going to look like. If we're getting a new theme, if we're getting no, a new uh, no new intro, we, we he didn't sit, really dive into anything. No one was sitting expecting to go into full graphic detail of what it exactly was going to. Because look he like. never does. TK is very. Uh, it's almost like he lives but, in a fucking cave when he when he wants to talk to somebody that's time, uh, reporting about dynamite. But at the same time, he literally just let the cat out of the bag. Yes, he did. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but here you go. It's out. Um, I can't wait to see what the new look is. Um, well, how important Dynamite. is how how uh, important is it to the show to you? It, it I'm not gonna lie, man. I mean, it, aesthetically, it'd be great, but it's not important to me. Um, okay. Especially when it comes to Rampage. I mean, focus your attention on making Rampage a better show. Yeah. I mean, seriously. But don't get me wrong. The 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 new looks would be appreciated. You know, you know, it'd be nice. Um, and if it's going to signify a change in the way, you know, some things are done, then I'm all for it. You know, I'm fantastic. You know, I'm, I mean, I think it's fantastic, but especially as it pertains to Rampage, man, we got to come up with something to make that a more interesting show because it just feels like the third episode of Dark for the week. Uh, and that's the way uh, it, it looks for this Friday, too. I mean, I mean, that's the biggest thing to me for Rampage you know, you can change the uh, show and make it look aesthetically different compared to Dynamite. But if you ain't making that your true B show where it continues storylines from Dynamite, you ain't making it your SmackDown to what Dynamite is. I, I, I think that's their flagship. It is their flagship show. I think it's their Monday Night Raw. Rampage needs to be their SmackDown. And, and we're not getting that. It, it's almost as if, you know, he throws whatever he wants on there and expects the fans to just eat up whatever they get, whatever they get. And that's not the right way to go about it. So I think a set and a little change aesthetically is going to help the show. But at the end of the day, Jesse is correct. We are not going to get Rampage where we need it to be unless the creative direction for the show changes dramatically. And I don't just I just don't see that happening for one hour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think um, I mean, we can start by right now. Rampage just feels like ROH Rampage. Yes, it really does. Um. And to be honest, right now, no one's interested in Rampage. The AEW fans are not interested in Rampage. The 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 hardcore ROH fans are not happy with the ROH presentation by um by AEW. No one is enjoying this ROH stuff. Now. And listen, you know, Tony Khan could take the ROH situation away from Rampage. It's it's not going to be used as an excuse anymore. People weren't watching Rampage before Ring of Honor was purchased. So yeah. it, it's not it's not a viable excuse anymore. No, no, and and it's definitely not the fix. So take that no. aspect of it away. No, um, it definitely needs to be live. I, look, I understand that just sitting here and saying that the show should be live is a lot easier said than done. I I wholeheartedly understand that. Yeah. But with that being said, if you want the show to succeed, I'm sorry, you need to find a way to make the show live. Uh, this is better. Uh, I'm sorry, Jesse, for cutting off. Um, we got uh, my boy Guardian of Chaos. Uh, Guardian, um, you didn't need to block that comment, bro. Roxy rocks. 
Uh, she's been in the comment section. She She's fine. But she says, Rampage, J.D., you don't even watch Rampage. How can you even make a fair assessment? Who says I don't watch Rampage? Well, because I don't cover Rampage on my podcast doesn't mean I don't watch Rampage. I, I do watch Rampage. I just don't he, he care to talk about it. it. Roxy, he watched it, covered it. It was bad. Then he stopped. Yes, but now I don't cover it, and I watch. I watch the I watch the first half an hour before I come live on Friday, and then I watch the rest of the half an hour after I'm done on Friday nights. So for you to make that statement about me, that's unfair. But I've watched Rampage before, and I see what goes on Rampage, and nothing has gotten better. And I don't think it's fair of you to say that Rampage is a good show because it's not. I think Rampage is fucking awful, and if it was good, I would still be covering it and going live at 11.05 like I was a year ago. That is not the case anymore. Jesse, was the, I mean, you still doing uh, watch-alongs with that, or you gave that up? I'm about to give it up, but I'm still doing it. There you go. I mean, there are a lot of Solomons that don't cover Rampage either. Yeah. I mean, it's not just me. It's, it's, it's really bad. Roxy, I don't, I don't watch NXT anymore, um, but I can comfortably sit here and tell you that it's bad. I mean, it, look, when, with, if you're enthralled into this industry enough between social media and podcasts and you know, like this one and stuff like that, things like that, you hear what's going on with the show. Yeah. So if, the, if, if, if NXT was, was anywhere near good, I would have found out from Issa, I would have found out from JD, and I would have known enough to watch it and then make another assessment. But from what I've seen so far, from what people that I trust are saying, it's still bad. I watch so. NXT every Tuesday. And I fucking hate the show. I watch it because, A, I like to sit down with a nice cold beverage because I don't do anything on Tuesday nights. If I decide to stream, that's another story on uh, my, my second channel. But I watch, and I'm appalled every week at how bad it is. And people are saying that Shawn Michaels deserves con- uh, some, uh, some votes for Booker of the Year. What? I'm like, you fucking kidding me? They just recycled Bill Goldberg and Bret the Hitman Hart from fucking the late 90s when... Bret Hart came to the to the ring with a steel plate in his fucking in his jacket. When Goldberg went for the spear, he knocked him out. They recycled that with Grayson Waller and Braun Breaker. And I'm saying to myself, remember when NXT had actual fucking storylines? Does anybody remember when Aleister Black was attacked and Nikki Cross was hanging off a fucking building, knowing who exactly did it, and it dragged out for weeks and weeks and weeks until we got the reveal? Does anybody remember the great stories that we were uh, used to on 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 Wednesday night? Now look at what the fuck they're doing. I still watch it because I want to keep up to date on what's going on. But I don't have to cover something to, you know, make a, a fair assessment about it. Come on now. Come on now. Booker of the year. Is he booking another show I don't know about? I don't know, but he's certainly uh, getting zero votes from me. Where did these people come from? I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Now they got me on a fucking tangent. All if, they all. Say, if they were to say, oh, it's not as bad as people think, or or, or I kind of like it, you know, it, it's subjective. Okay, I get it. But Booker of the Year. Listen, the- Tony Khan can go on Twitter all he wants and, and hype up Rampage all he wants. It's dog shit. And that's me coming from somebody and Jesse who have advo- advocated for AEW since day one. I'm wearing an AEW hoodie on the fucking show. I get called a Tony Khan fucking paid shill every fucking week. Every week. It's dog shit. It doesn't matter how Tony Khan hypes the show up. It doesn't matter who they put on the show. It sucks. And it's not where it needs to be. And until they understand that and fix it, 
I don't give a fuck about Rampage, and neither does Jesse, and the majority of the fan base, because if they did, yeah, AEW gets 950000 on average for Dynamite, and Rampage barely gets half of that. Where the fuck is everybody? Clearly, half of the fucking fan base thinks your show sucks, too. Yeah, we have a very, very, very simple model here on, on this show. If it's good, we'll call it as good. But when it's bad, we're going to call it as being bad, bro. And if you are a viewer, and if you're somebody in the business and in the industry that has a fucking problem with my opinion, it is my opinion. You could sit there. I'm sure there are fucking plenty of people there in that AEW locker room saying my show yes. sucks. I don't think my show sucks. I think yeah. I do better than fucking half of the fucking people that you listen to. You yeah. may think that. It's your opinion. Whatever the case may be, man. The world goes round and round. I think Rampage sucks. People think my show sucks. Who gives a fuck? It's fine. Uh, it's our opinion. opinion is, it's your, your opinion. opinion is not wrong. Whatever. Your, opi your opinions cannot be wrong. You may not like my opinion on something, but that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Doesn't mean I'm a fucking uh, evil individual. Oh, you don't like Rampage. He's against AEW. Jesse turned. You fucking break. If it's good, it's good. We'll let you know. If it's bad and it sucks, we'll let you know. It is that cut and dry, folks. We're not doing fucking, uh, we're not doing rocket science here. We're not, we're not theory, fucking, uh, we're, not, we're not doing some NASA fucking takeoff here. Give me a break. I think those, I think those are the, seriously, the shills. Like, those are people who will follow and be loyal to anyone or any company or anything, no matter what they do, just because, period. I mean, if WWE did it, then I'm going to love it. AEW did it, I'm going to love it. Or vice versa, I'm going to hate it. It doesn't, think for yourselves, people. Think for yourself. If you love nah, nah, something, nah. a company or an entity, and they do something that you don't like, you don't have to like it just because you like the company. They made them a slip up. Well, well, well now, now Roxy's mad in the chat. Roxy Rox is mad. Block me for that, you pussy. Who, who are you talking to? Now, I, I will not stand for... for I, I didn't call anybody any fucking names, first of all. Number one. Chaos blocked them. Num number two, that better be a problem with Guardian and not me. So, uh, if you are indeed aiming that comment at me, I, listen, I, I may have to get rid of you. And I don't want to do that. Here, I'll, Seriously. I'll, yeah, me Give me a break, man. <laughs> I only make fair assessments. I'm very, I'm very down the middle. That's what people don't really understand. I don't want to be negative. Wow, wow. Guardian, are you all right tonight? You just block it. Somebody said Booker T sucks, and he blocked him. Guardian, take it easy, brother. Ta 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 hell, ta dude? Take it easy, man. Guardian, the only things that you should be blocking are if people actively are in here calling me and Jesse anything derogatory. Let everybody have an opinion, okay? Let everyone have it. Booker T sucks. He does. This is one of the reasons why NXT sucks. That's not a blockable offense. Calm, calm it down, brother. Block him. Calm it down, man. Well, Roxy, you gotta, you gotta let me know, man. Well, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with that comment. I, I hope that's not aimed at me. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm gonna have to see you to the door myself. Uh, anyway, let, let, let's move on after this uh, riveting discussion here about AEW Dynamite and what's good and what's bad here, and everybody fucking uh, causing an uproar in the venue. Uh, let's get in uh, with Dynamite tonight. We're gonna start at the top, and we got. Ricky Starks to open the show. Jesse, what what exactly did we say last week that Tony Khan needs to do uh, with Ricky Starks following that tremendous match with MJF last week? We said last week that 
Ricky Starks needs to be featured heavily the following week, and he needs to be a staple on the show. And exactly what did Tony Khan do? Tony Khan do tonight? He did exactly that. Happy to see him, and he opened the show. So that's a bonus. Excellent stuff by Ricky Starks. He was fucking brilliant tonight. Yep. Right away. I mean, um, very first thing we needed to see was Ricky Starks is what we get. He needed to be pushed. He needed to be not forgotten about. But um, I think they handled this perfectly well. Kept him front and center. And he acknowledged his loss. He He accepted his responsibility in the loss. And he flat out said... This won't be the last time you see me in that ring for a championship match. No. Perfect. Perfect. No. Yep. He did He did everything he needed to do tonight. It was awesome. Uh, Ricky made his entrance. They cut to the ring, and he got a big ovation in San Antonio, Texas. So he said, I should be standing here as the AW champion, but I lost. And he said that's on him because he should have known better. At least I lost as a man, whereas Maxwell won as a coward, and he did, uh, I don't want to say MJF's a coward, but I mean, I, I don't really see any lies there by Ricky Starks, because it was not a clean victory by MJF. He said he was so close to beating him, so imagine what happens next time. He said there will be a next time between the two of them, and he said it doesn't mean this is the end of the road, it's just the start. So right away, we got Ricky Starks to open the show, I want, I want you guys to understand this, Ricky Starks opened the show, he got a huge ovation. He's got a microphone in his hand, and he's already teasing a second match with the AEW World Champion, MJF. We're off to a great start right here. That's exactly what we needed to do. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So he said, uh, this is just the start. He said he's willing to work his way back to the top. He said, at the end of the day, he'll be the man around here. And all of a sudden, Chris Jericho's music hits. Jericho walks out with Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia following behind. And they showed uh, highlights of Action Andretti pinning Chris Jericho last week. So Jericho says he's been watching him for a long time. And he's no dime store version of anybody. He says he's a million-dollar talent, and he guarantees he will be a world champion someday. So there you go. Chris Jericho saying that Ricky Starks is going to be a world champion someday. Awesome. He says he's not quite ready yet, though. He says he doesn't want him, and he's not, by the way. He's not ready for a world championship. He will be, though. He says he doesn't want him to be a flash in the pan. He says after talking things over with Danny and Sammy, he thinks he has everything it takes to be a big star in AEW. He says what he needs is some advice from him. 
So fans all of a sudden began chanting, Sammy sucks, Sammy sucks. He, he said nothing in this segment, but Sammy sucks. <laughs> Sammy's just sitting He's there. just standing there. Sammy sucks. <laughs> Jericho says, well, listen, if Sammy sucks, that means that we all suck and we don't suck. He says they want Starks to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. Taz said, yeah, that's an opportunity. And it is. It's an opportunity to work alongside Chris Jericho. But Ricky Starks has other, has other uh, intentions. Starks reacted in a mocking way that he was actually flattered, but he wasn't. So Jericho, just a few months ago, was built like an air fryer, and now he's shredded and, and dressed like a single father on his fifth divorce. He said the offer is very tempting to join your little boy band. His answer is hell no. He says he doesn't want a leash around his neck. He says he lost last week to Action Andretti, and his stock has kind of dropped. He said the J in JAS might stand for jobbers at this point. Fans popped. He called Garcia and Guevara jassholes. Fans began chanting jasshole. Starks then asked Garcia what Jericho has done for him since he's joined. He says he couldn't care less about Sammy. He says he won't let Jericho suck the life out of him, but if he wants something to, to, to suck, at which point he began to pretend he was going, or suck, I rather, I'm sorry, uh, unzip. Jericho got bug-eyed. So basically he was telling him to suck his dick at this point. Starks says he understands his appetite might not be big enough tonight, but he proposed they wrestle one-on-one -on, -one on the January 4th Dynamite. Jericho told Starks that that was the wrong answer. Hager then comes from behind with his purple hat, jumps Starks from behind. Jericho, Garcia, and Guevara joined in on a four-on-one beatdown. Action Andretti ran out for the save. He took it to Chris Jericho as Jericho swung the bat at him. He springboard off the middle rope and hit Jericho with a high cross body. He took out Garcia and Guevara and then pretty much played to the crowd. He then landed a split-legged uh, uh, moonsault like John Morrison, very John Morrison-like on Chris Jericho there off the top rope. And that was the way the segment went off the air. So, Jesse, we got a lot of greats in this segment. We got a great promo from Jericho to Starks. We got a great promo from Starks to Jericho. We got Jericho claiming that Ricky Starks is going to be a future world champion. Uh, that is going to be the case. That's high praise coming from Chris Jericho. We got Ricky Starks on TV in the opening segment, guaranteeing a world championship match from MJF somewhere down the line. He's starting a program now after the world title match with MJF with Chris Jericho. Action Andretti. We got a follow-up to Action Andretti and his win over Chris Jericho. There was a lot of moving parts in this thing, bro, and a lot of it was absolutely needed for Dynamite as a follow-up. And I think Tony Khan and the production team nailed this fucking shit 100%. Yeah, yeah. Even, even more important and even better than Ricky Stark's follow-up was um, Action Andretti's uh, follow-up. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a weird spot for for Andretti because it's someone that needs to be put down lower on the card because he started off, you know, beating Chris Jericho. But at the same time, you don't want to push him too far down the card. You need to do something with him and keep him moving. Um, I can see promos is 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 a um, weak his weakness. That's fine. We've gotten, you know, over promo um, inabilities in the past. We'll get past that. Um, they're keeping them engaged. They have them something else with Jericho. They already have a long-term uh, long story built in with them. And when you start off a run like that by beating someone like Jericho, that is already your nucleus, the nucleus of your run. 
Yeah. So I mean, imagine, remember, like, um, um, not saying he's gonna be the same as Cena, but remember when Cena debuted for the longest time, the biggest, you know, trophy that Cena carried around was showing his ruthless aggression to Kurt Angle, you know. So that was his whole shtick, you know. Oh, that's the guy that stood up to Kurt Angle, you know. And then the Undertaker came and patted him on the back, you know, and so it's important in the follow-up. So I just don't want to see him going around beating jobbers and doing nothing about it. So I like what they're doing with Andretti and Ricky Starks is going to be a fucking star, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and we didn't mention, but going back to last week, too, after he lost to MJF, they did protect him with that loss. And Brian Danielson showed up at the end of the show, chased MJF out of the building, and he came into the ring and he held Ricky Starks' hand up, and he got the nod from the man himself, Brian Danielson. That's a big fucking nod right there. One of the greatest yeah. of all time. So, I mean, Ricky Starks right now, the last two weeks... He is as hot as anybody, and it needs to continue. He does not need to be on the show every week, but he needs to be a main staple on this show, and Dynamite in 2023 needs to have Ricky Starks as one of the people that they build the show around. Same thing with Wardlow. Uh, I'm tired of seeing guys like this uh, held off for so long, and like Jesse and I have talked about frequently, it's always in the follow-up with AEW. They do something so great and then sometimes the follow-up is never what really should be, and it never delivers. Man, they can't drop the ball on this. They can't. Because Ricky Starks, I mean, he's waited a long time for this. Everybody knows how good he is. I know TK knows how good he is. I'm surprised it took this fucking long to get him on television. Now that he's here and he's getting these types of reactions, there should be no slow-up in him. He needs to be there almost every week. No, I agree. 100%. Now, where's Miro? That's what I want to know. Oh, what the f- Where's Miro? Get Miro back on TV and get him on the fucking show almost every week too and have this be the same thing and build a show around someone like that. Uh, imagine a nucleus, man, of the fucking young talent that they got. Guys like Miro on there mixing up with Wardlow and Ricky Starks. I mean, Jesus Christ, what the fuck are we doing? Get him on TV. Promo packages. Something. Dude, let me tell you how easy this is for Miro. You don't have anything solid for him as far as creative go. Okay, don't know why, but whatever. Bring him to TV, put him in the crowd, somewhere in the middle of the crowd, and have him sit there and put the camera on him from time to time. That's it. What are you going to do with him later? Figure it out. And whatever you do, I bet you you can tie it into the fact that he's been sitting there scouting people for weeks. Something. He's on TV building intrigue. He's doing something. Imagine him sitting in the crowd and people don't know why he's there and it gets... uh... Enough steam on social media. Oh, Miro, Miro's back. What is he doing? He's in the crowd. He's just sitting there with his wife, right? right. Something. Watching the couple show. of weeks, you know, three, four weeks of that. You know, people are going to get taught, you know, gives you enough time to come up with a solid fucking storyline to reintroduce him to television. But the fact that he's off television for, what, what, what is it now? Five months? Five months? He's had four matches all year. People are going to start asking, well, I mean, this guy's too good to be off TV. We know he's not hurt. He's not filming any fucking TV pilots. Where the fuck is he? It's just going to come back to creative, and it's going to come back to Tony Khan as, man, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. How do you got someone like that on the roster, and you don't know what the fuck you're doing with him? He's a, he's a monster. Have him in the back. Have him in the back. Fil- just, just record some segments of him in the back just beating the shit out of jobbers. Not a match. Not a match. He's just backstage causing fucking havoc. And let that go on for a couple of weeks. Figure something out. Why is he doing that? Because I'm tired of not being booked, and I'm just going to whoop some ass until management can find something for me to do in the ring. 
Something. Yeah. Just do something with the guy. Something. Anything. Please. Hopefully that changes in 2023. Man. We got match number five of the trio's battle between the elite and the death triangle. This was anything goes. No DQ because of the elite being down 3-1 thanks to the steel bell hammer that uh, the death triangle have been using to cheat their way to uh, a possible... uh, Almost sweep of the elite here in this best of seven. But now, things are interesting, man. We got weapons involved. We got anything and and everything going here. And we now have this best of seven at 3-2. Death Triangle is up 3-2 over the elites. Uh, I enjoyed this. I thought this was, uh, yes, I I know you thought it was probably a clusterfuck, Jesse. But I thought it was a clusterfuck in a good, chaotic way. I thought it was super fun. And I do like the fact that they are taking this best of seven and trying to not make it seem very same-ish compared to the other matches. We got this no DQ match this week. We got false count anywhere. And then we know it's going to go game seven, quote unquote, in a ladder match in Los Angeles. So we know it's going to go that far, but you got to appreciate the fact that they switched it up. I don't know if this was the original plan or not to go all this uh, bedlam, all this havoc towards the later portion of this best of seven, but they're changing it up, man. They're giving you a different vibe, a different feel for these late matches, and I like it. I really do. They are changing it up. Um, I, you know, was the first one frowning my nose at this because a seven-match series yeah. of the same teams does seem like it can get a little a little monotonous. Yes. All right. And and this match, um, it was it was it was all over the place. Look, at the end of the day, it was it was you know it was a very entertaining match. Lots of spots. This is what these guys do. You know, they come up with fantastic spots, put them together, and they tell a story in a match. Um, it's just every time I look at these guys, I'm now looking at oh god, which one is this number five? Like as it stands now, I could not tell you anything significant about the other four. I really couldn't. Um, because they're starting to run together. But now this one does stand out because this was a no-DQ match. Um, the match was good. Don't get me wrong, man. Now, next, um, week's, next week's match may feel a little samey compared to this one because, I mean, right. a false count anywhere match is basically the same rules of what we saw tonight, but pinfalls need to occur in the ring tonight. Next week, they can occur anywhere in the building. So we can be in the mezzanines, we can be in the fucking concessions and get a goddamn pinfall next week. Right, right, right. What the fuck is wrong with Roxy, man? What's going on now? I don't what know, she... but she's, I mean, she seems like a fucking bitch. She's going to call my fucking Guardian guy. is a fucking idiot. I don't oh. care for cancel culture. I was calling your moderators pussies, but I'm blocked anyways now, so who cares if I had an off-the-script poster already made for Dynamite? Roxy, you're not ba- you're not banned. No, I'm unbanning. You, I'm, I'm on. No, no, no. I, I'm fuck unbanning you. her. There was a, there was a, listen, man. There was no, a mis- why is she calling him a fucking idiot? Well, Fuck he was, you. he was, Guardian, we love Guardian, don't get me wrong, but Guardian was a little lenient with the fucking block button. Fuck you, Roxy. Hey, hey like that. I'm gonna have to get ready. Call my fucking guy, Fuck that, man. Okay, That's I, my fucking guy, man. I don't care. Don't do that shit. Just, just, everybody take it easy in the chat, okay? Everybody take it easy. Guardian never blocked Roxy anyway, I, and that is correct. He only timed her out. 
But then Rage blocked her. Rage and there blocked. was a big there was a big misconception. Okay. Don't worry about it. Everybody calm down. Okay. I'm here to do a job. I'm here for you guys to enjoy yourself. I'm not here for the fucking drama and nonsense. Okay. Get enough of that uh, away from YouTube. Give me a fuck break. Off my guy, Roxy. I know who the fuck you think you are. Anyway, we're getting uh and, and, and I if you got a if you got a poster made for dynamite, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh Death Triangle. And the elites. Um, I really enjoyed this. We'll see what happens in the last two matches. The, the one thing I will say, Jesse, is uh, how are you feeling about the predictability of this? Because we all know it's going game seven. We all know the elites more than likely going to win in their hometown of L.A. Is the predictability of this actually taking away from everything? Is it ruining it for you or the fans watching the show? No, I mean, look, it, the, the only predictable part is, is that it's going to uh, the, the seventh match. Now, once it gets there... They could still, we could still see it go either way, you know. I mean, they could, they could, I mean, ended up pulling a swerve on us and having to go with the death triangle. I mean, I, it, it, once it goes to match seven, it could go either way. So, I mean, the, the only thing that's predictable is the fact that it's going to seven. But either one of these teams could, the, could, could, could theoretically win, you know, the, the series. So, yeah. Um, other than that, it's just their job to make it entertaining leading up to the last match, basically. Michael Nakazawa, he was in there. He hit uh, Panther with a corner splash. Brandon Cutler was in there dressed as an elf. And uh, Alex Abrahantes came in there, and uh, he tried to shove Brandon Cutler around, and he got cold sprayed right in the eyes. Penta got a trash can, wiped everybody out. Nick Lowbridge, the Lucha Brothers, and he was hopping around in there with a bad ankle. I don't know if that's legit or not. Maybe it's just the uh, great selling of the Young Bucks. He was able to do a moonsault on Phoenix to the outside. He was dropped by Penta on the outside with a beautiful-looking sling blade. Phoenix and Pac set up tables around ringside, and they came into the match a little bit later on. All of a sudden, Jesse, we get a Christmas tree dragged into the match because it's the fucking holidays, man, and Santa Claus is coming soon this, uh, this coming weekend. So we got one of them artificial Christmas trees in there, and it was placed into the corner, and the Lucha Brothers started Irish whipping the Elite into this artificial Christmas tree, which I can't imagine feels good, but it was used as a weapon. Anything goes. Nick battled along with uh, the Lucha Brothers, and he had a big high cross body off the top, super kicks, but missed pack and super kicked his bad ankle into the corner where a chair was set up accidentally. Pack attempted to uh, then pilmanize Nick's ankle. Omega came in and threw a trash can at Pack. Matt hit a moonsault off the top to take out the Lucha Brothers on the outside. Omega then hits his You Can't Escape on Pack while holding the trash can off the top rope. Really nice-looking spot. Omega then pulled out underneath the ring a barbed wire broom because he is the cleaner. So we got a barbed wire broom. He hit Phoenix with it repeatedly, and then he connected with the uh, Kitaro Crusher on Phoenix on top of the broom wrapped in barbed wire. Pack and Penta were placed on the tables on the outside. Mac, Matt and Nick hit top rope elbow uh, drops and sentons at the same time. Omega dropped Phoenix with a tiger driver on the barbed wire broom. Only got a two count because uh, slamming somebody's face on barbed wire only nets a two count in yeah. pro wrestling. Yeah, there you go. Abrahantes, he put a stop to the BTE trigger for a little bit. He got kicked away. Omega hit a V trigger. Phoenix spun out of a one-winged angel into a pinning combination. Very close near fall. Phoenix then took grab of the bell hammer. He took it to Omega, nailed Omega in the head with it, and Omega kicks out. 
So all of a sudden, now we have tinsel, Christmas tinsel from the Christmas tree that was in the match earlier. Pack locked on a brutalizer with said tinsel on Omega. Phoenix hooked the ankle lock on Nick. Matt broke it up. Death Triangle had three hammers, but the Bucks stopped them from putting away Omega. Uh, Matt and Nick hit the Meltzer driver off the top rope on Phoenix, and they win this crazy, chaotic match. After the match, Jesse, is where things really broke down. Pac and Penta brutally attacked the Elite, bloodying Nick badly with the hammer, and Phoenix had to pull both of his partners, Pac and Penta, off of the Elites. So we got a bloody post-match attack here, bro. Uh, This was a... Very pro-elite, pro-death triangle San Antonio crowd tonight, man. By the end of this thing, the death triangle definitely looked very heelish, and they were being booed by this San Antonio crowd. Are they really setting us up for the last two matches with the death triangle acting heel and the elite acting baby faces to give us that perception going into the last two matches? I don't know. Are we getting, are we getting a double turn here, man? I don't know. I don't know. I, they could pull it off. I mean, both these teams could be either heel or babyface. so. Yeah. It doesn't really matter to me which one they are, to be honest with you. So. No, I know. You know, Death Triangle is is a, is a an oddity, to be honest with you. I mean, I know that they're heel. They, they they have been heel, but they're just so fucking good, it's very difficult to boo them. Yeah. You know? Especially when Ray Phoenix starts going into his fucking offense, man. Yes. Yes, it's very difficult to boo them. Yeah. And Pac is just a fucking savage. I mean, I don't know how anybody watches Pac and doesn't like Pac at, at, at what he does. It's ridiculous to me. Yeah. But this was great. Good stuff here. Match number six next week. And uh, it is going to be false count anywhere. Basically the same as what we saw tonight. But uh, who knows where they're going to end up next week on Dynamite. We saw footage of MJF scurrying away from Brian Danielson last week at the end of that Ricky Starks match. And we got clips of that because we have Brian speaking with Renee later on. And we were supposed to get MJF, but did not. Which what was we'll that? Talk. Uh, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit. I want to know. We'll talk about it in a little bit. MJF uh. was there. They didn't see. We'll hear from it. We, we, didn't, we didn't get a graphic that we'll, we'll hear from MJF. We'll see MJF. We saw MJF. Twice. We did hear from him in an exclusive clip. Anyway. That clip was shot last week. Yes. And it was great. Tony Schiavone interviewed Action Andretti about his win over Jericho last week. He said, some are trying to say it's the biggest upset of the decade. It may be. I have no fucking clue. He says he's received so much support from AEW fans all week. He says they were frustrated and angry and decided to take it out on Starks. Matt Menard and Angela Parker entered. And (laughs) this was fucking great. They, they, They said he's on a hot streak. And some say he would even be on fire because of what happened last week. From the other side of action, Andretti, the wizard, Chris Jericho, all we see is a fireball explode in action, Andretti's face, and Jericho throws a fireball in this poor guy's face, and he's on the ground selling the effects of a burned fucking face. I love it, man. I thought he was the Ocho. Now he's back to being the It doesn't wizard. matter, man. Doesn't Jericho matter. can dip in and out of gimmicks, man. We want to see Lionheart, we'll see Lionheart. You want to see fucking the Ocho, we'll see the Ocho. You want to see the wizard... We'll see some Harry Potter-esque fucking wizardry, man. Now he's a wizard. Great. Great. How great is that, man? Hey, man, some would say you're actually on fire. And then he's got a fucking (laughs) fireball thrown in his face. So good. So good, man. 
Jericho is my type of asshole, bro. I'll say that. <laughs> what anyway, nice to hear from Action Andretti. A little rough around the edges with the promo. Uh, very Ricochet-esque. Guy's it's probably fair. got all the talent in the world, and, he, and he's got a, a mid-light promo, but... There's Lock time to work enough. on that, and there are people backstage that should be able to help yes. him get where he needs to be. No question. It'd be fine. Lock him in the fucking room with Eddie Kingston for a few hours. He'll yes. be fine. Or more Moxley or Jericho or fucking Jake Roberts, <laughs> whoever's back there. Uh, Renee Paquette, speaking of Brian Danielson, she introduced Brian Danielson, and they Looking had good, a— Looking good, by the way. Second? Looking good, by the way. She always looks Renee. good. Renee looks fantastic. Former uh, former partners here on Talking Smack. Yeah. Gotta love it. Danielson made his way to the ring. She said for the first time they've heard from him since his mentor, William Regal, was brutally attacked by MJF. She said they were really close. She asked about the status of the Blackpool Combat Club. He says he doesn't expect the BBC to forgive Regal because he's done some pretty BBC. bad things. BCC. I, I didn't want to make a mistake. You said BBC. BBC. Blackpool. B, uh, B, uh, BCC. There you go. See, I fucked it up again. There you go. To, uh, j- you know what? I, I, I quit, bro. I, I, I quit. I, I, I just take over the show, bro. I, I'm, I'm just going to call it the BBC, okay? Just enjoy your BBC, bro. Let, let, let's, uh, let's all uh, give a round of a... Let, 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 where, where is it? There you go. There you go. The BBC. You can't have mine, by the way. Just so you know. Excuse me? Cannot have mine. The BCC. This is my uh, this is my last day podcasting, by the way, folks. Uh, I uh, I quit for the holidays. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. Just might as well fuck. Just give the whole pot. I'm, I'm going to give the channel to Jesse. Okay. Say it nice and slow so you wouldn't mess it up. I know, and I still mess messed it up. up. The, the B- Blackpool Combat B- Club. C. <laughs> like, whoa, the BCC, what? okay? For, to forgive Regal because... <laughs> man, it's fucking hot in here, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, To forgive Regal. Oh, my goodness. Jerry Ramey. Thank God, oh, bro. We're going to bail JD out of this one. Okay. Lucky ass. You know, next week, next Wednesday, I'm getting Denise on the show, okay? She, she's taking <laughs> over the channel, okay? You guys could be fucking bored to tears and uh, fall asleep uh, two minutes in with her on the show. Oh, uh, we got uh, Jerry Ramey, $100 Super Chat. Merry Christmas, gentlemen. Two, <laughs> two questions. Who, who, who do you want to de- dethrone MJF? And who do you see as the top face to dethrone MJF? I'd love to see uh, Tanahashi come in and win the All-Atlantic Championship. Hiroshi Tanahashi, didn't, wasn't he already here competing? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think his days for competing for a major title are kind of past him, right? Uh, Jerry Ramey, um, I don't think we should be talking about MJF being dethroned at all. No, one, one. no one's ready for that. No so. one's ready for that. But Wardlow, Ricky Starks, just to come to uh, two names that are very hot right now. But I think by the time... I think by the time we're ready to talk about someone taking the title off of MJF, we'll be talking about names like um, Jungle Boy as well. Yes, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen. Yeah, you know guys like that. Hopefully they'll be uh, they'll be ready for I that mean, yeah. uh, situation when that time comes. But MJF is not losing that championship any any anytime soon. Yeah. So he says he doesn't expect the Blackpool Combat Club to forgive Regal because he's done some pretty nasty things. He says he's first trained in uh, San Antonio to wrestle. Fans cheered. 
He says his first match was 15 minutes up the road at Far West Rodeo. He said Ruby Boy Gonzalez and Shawn Michaels trained him. Fans chanted HBK, HBK on an AEW Dynamite program. You gotta love it. There you go. The power of Shawn Michaels. I wish that same power was uh, put to good use on Tuesday nights. And even even in this in this in this Triple H era, you'll never see something like that on WWE TV. But AEW has no respect uh, has no problem paying paying respect to someone like Shawn Michaels who deserves it. No, no, not at all. I mean, what what, what did Brian expect when he mentioned uh, Shawn Michaels? I mean, with this for this fucking fan base. Of course, he, he, I'm sure. I'm in, sure Brian expected an HBK. In San Antonio, yeah, yeah, in San Antonio, yeah. In San Antonio, he said uh, the man who turned him into the wrestler he is today was Regal. He said he turned him into the person he is today too. He said Claudio and John Moxley don't have the same relationship with him, but he said when he was by his side at the hospital and unsure if he talked to him again, he cried. He said Regal was somebody that meant so much to the entire industry. Uh, fans started a yes chant at this point. Danielson said he loved having Regal in AEW. He said Regal taught him that there are consequences to actions. He said MJF will learn that. He says he has listened to every word he has to say. He loves Regal more than anyone on this earth other than his family, and he will pay the consequences. He called him to the ring, and MJF did not come out. Instead, MJF sends out all ego. Ethan Page, he comes out there with Stokely Hathaway, and they are going to get into a back and forth there with Brian Danielson on the microphone. Uh, up until this point, bro, that Brian promo was very good. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, Brian looked into the camera. We know how good Brian is when he gets fucking serious. And that was one of those uh, mega serious moments for Brian. I thought he killed that segment. And the directive and the anger towards the camera was a nice touch. Yes. Yes, it was. Now, all, all ego, bro. Now, we didn't get MJF. I, I know we were advertised to see MJF. We did see MJF during this segment because uh, they cut away to MJF staring at the TV's monitor back backstage, and I believe he was the one who sent out all ego Ethan Page to go out there and kind of uh, kill the vibe for Brian Danielson. He made it all you the believe way... That. How do you know that? Who told you that? I don't know. I mean, why? I mean, MJF is standing there. We, got, we cut away to MJF. You don't mean to tell me they're not in cahoots? I don't know. I mean, like, he could be. I don't know. Looks like they're in cahoots to me. They didn't tell us shit. You know what they told us? That we're getting MJF tonight. We got MJF tonight. Get the fuck out of here. We got MJF. You saw him watching TV? Yeah. Sideways like a fucking idiot. He, dude, he was looking head on to the TV. Whatever, man. Get in the ring. Get the fucking... He say, said he was here. So, he won the... He made it all the way to the finals of the World Title Eliminator Tournament, and he was near the end of the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. He said if he faced MJF, he'd be the world champion. Well, I guess maybe he's not working for MJF, because why would he say something like that? He said for some reason, Vegetable Man thinks he can jump ahead of the line. Hathaway said Danielson should go home and shop at Trader Joe's. Um, I don't know. Does, does Trader Joe's have a, a decent uh, vegetarian selection, bro? I, I, I don't know. Have you ever shopped at the Trader Joe's? A Trader Joe's is even too bougie for me, man. Really? Yeah, I can't do it. What about Whole Foods? Whole Foods is very bougie, but I've shopped at Whole Foods. Whole Foods experience is fucking nice, man. I know. Man, it's I nice. know, man. I can live at Whole Foods. <laughs> oh, boy. I love Whole Foods. It is awesome. Trader Joe's it's is good, too, man. Trader Joe's is very good. 
Um, but uh, they're always crowded. Do you guys have man. Mariano's? Mari? Uh, no, I never heard of Mariano's. You have Mariano's? Okay, it's no. like a Whole Foods. No, uh, Trader Joe's is always so fucking packed. It's like it's like a a, a fucking sealed jar of can uh, <laughs> sardines in, in Trader Joe's. You can't move nowhere. Oh jeez, it's terrible. Anyway, vegetable man shopping at Trader Joe's. Uh, he gets his probiotics there and cauliflower Cheetos. Do they make cauliflower Cheetos, bro? Probably. I don't know. I never seen one. Probably. I never seen like cauliflower. Somebody. somebody needs to uh, get back to me. Cauliflower <laughs> Cheetos. Danielson said the glare coming off of Stokely's head is distracting and asked him to grow some hair. He said between that and fans telling him to shut up, he wasn't sure what he said. Fans were chanting, shut the fuck up at Stokely Hathaway. He asked if he called him Vegetable Man, and Hathaway, under his breath, said twice, you raggedy bitch. You raggedy bitch. <laughs> Ethan said he didn't call him Vegetable Man because of his way of life or what he eats. He said he, if he thinks he's jumping ahead of him in, in line here, he will turn him into a vegetable. Danielson says that sounded like a threat. He told him to try turning him to a vegetable right here, right now in San Antonio, Texas. Ethan said, well... I could do that, but San Antonio doesn't deserve it. I'm going to do it next week. So fans booed, and then they showed MJF smiling in the back watching TV. And that was the end of the segment. I thought Ethan Page killed this, bro. Ethan Page, he got so much heat in this segment. Uh, it was a beautiful thing. Crowd were, chant were chanting every and anything at these two guys. And yeah. he, when he raises his voice, man, it's a very commanding voice. And it's easy to shit on him because he sounds like a fucking natural heel doing it. I loved him in this segment. Yeah, he was fucking great. I'm, I'll, I'll say he probably got the second best heel reaction of the night. Yeah. First one still is Sammy Guevara. The guy said nothing. He did nothing. And the guy didn't even do shit, man. He just sat there and <laughs> looked up all of a sudden. Sammy sucks. He's like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> That was so good, man. <laughs> oh man, yeah, Ethan. Uh, Ethan is is another. You know, I, I, Ethan as a heel to me is right up there with Ricky Starks as a heel. Man, you get these guys pissed off and with a microphone, and there's nothing but good times gonna come from that, man. Yeah, I thought this was a great segment. Very interested to see where they go with this uh, with Brian. Clearly, they're setting up Brian as the first major pay per view opponent for MJF and. I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with that. It's going to be a tremendous match when those two are in the ring. No, I like how um, I like how they are layering. I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, MJF's opponents. So I mean, we get we get Ethan Page trying to get it, MJF. Now we get Brian trying to get it, MJF. You know that's how it should be. There should not just be one person focused on the world champion. I mean, multiple people should be looking to get at him. And I don't want to see this all always go to a triple threat match either. There should just always be someone coming at the world champion. That's just how it's going to fucking be, bro. Yeah. You know? Moving on, man. We got John Moxley and Adam Page. They had a big pull-apart brawl last week. Then Mox cut a backstage promo about the Battle Royal that's happening on Friday. Uh, apparently, this Friday, we have a $300,000 Three Kings Christmas Casino Trios Battle Royale. Whatever the fuck that is, man. Try saying that three times fast. Holy shit. What the fuck is a Three Kings Christmas Casino Trios Battle Royale? For $300,000? Just made it up. 
I'm guessing if my mathematics serves me correctly, each guy gets one hundred thousand dollars. Just make it a title, why don't you? Yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> just give everybody one. Yeah, just make it a title. The Three Kings Christmas title. Yeah. Every right, December, more, more it's on the line. Yeah. Just, just, oh, come on, man. Jesus Christ. Um, so he's in this battle royal with the uh, BBC. <coughs> the BCC. Got to own up to it, man. I made, a, I made a boo-boo. I'm sorry. Not on my game tonight, man. It'd be one thing if you kind of like said it, you know, fast in the middle of a rant. I no, know. I know. It was like, let me get this straight. And I still don't understand why I was calling him Mike Mansbury. I don't know what the fuck I was. Mike why? Man. Why? Mike I'm Mansbury. Man. I, <laughs> you had me man, I'm fun. Listen, man, I can't wait for this fucking year to be on. I'm fried, man. <laughs> I am fucking fried. Holy shit. Anyway. Awesome. Uh, big pull apart yeah. brawl. Andy Dick, BBC. Yeah. <laughs> he said Hangman can't, uh, he said he and Hangman can keep their grudge up going for as long as they can uh, before they settle it. Then again, what is there to settle? You got knocked out. What did you think was going to happen when you signed on to wrestle me in Cincinnati? He says he's tired of hearing about the accident and the thing that wasn't supposed to happen. He asked, what was trying, what is he trying to do with the clothesline? He said he was trying to comb his hair. It ain't my problem that you got a glass jaw, but that makes me good at my job. I ain't the bad guy here. He told Hangman not to be one of those play wrestlers. He then shifted to Dante Martin, called him injury prone. He asked if that's his fault too. He says he has to teach Darius a hard lesson tonight. So basically, uh, Moxley is pointing out a lot of things here that uh, a lot of people for weeks now, bro, are trying to understand, and that's uh, Hangman uh, really doesn't have... uh, much to be upset about with Moxley. No, right? he, he doesn't. I mean, I mean, Moxley, I mean, Moxley speaking of, truths here, bro. In terms of, hey, you got into the ring. We had a match. My job was to try to knock your ass out, and that's what I did. Yeah. Fuck you mad at me for? What are you mad at me for? Because you that's lost? That's what I'm trying to, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. I mean, Hangman, Hangman time, is upset for doing, you know, for getting into that match, and then Moxley doing exactly what he was—he's paid to do, and that was to to, to keep his title. Like, no, no, but if I'm a Hangman, I'm pissed off. Like, hey, I, I feel like you, I feel like you fucking, you know, tried to fucking make me look bad in front of the, you know, the live crowd and shit. And I think you think you tough shit because you get a good one on me. Fuck you, I'll come knock your ass up. They both have a, like a legitimate gripe here, man. No, I know, I know. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving this back yeah. and forth. I think it's going to be great. Uh, I think uh, it is uh, brilliant to put these two guys back in the ring together. Uh, it is a natural progression of the story here. I like that they're playing off the concussion, the concussion angle that happened yeah. in, in Cincinnati. And I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I like it. Samoa Joe, the TV champion of Ring of Honor and the TNT champion. He is the king of television. Got a soundbite of Samoa Joe calling himself the one true king of television. He told Wardlow that he's not going to have a happy new year or any happy holidays. He says he's going to give Wardlow exactly what he's coming or what he has coming to him. He said on December 28th, all of the holiday cheer for Wardlow ends. Samoa Joe was uh, dressed at home right in front of a Christmas tree with both titles in the fucking picture, man. He's got a nice <laughs> little suit on and he's uh, speaking very eloquently. To uh, Wardlow. All, all, all we're missing here, bro, is the eggnog. Is it? Sitting there just having a little sip of his eggnog. A little fireplace going on in the background. 
Yep. I'm looking forward to that. Does Wardlow win the title, though, bro? Samoa Joe is hot right now. I don't even know if I take the title off of him. That's the pr- this is this is the this. dilemma that we're now in, bro. Wardlow, this 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 what you're seeing with Samoa Joe, bro, this is what Wardlow should have been. Yeah. If Wardlow wins this title right back again, it will do nothing. It will do nothing. I'm I mean, what the fuck? I love I, I we we both think Wardlow is is fucking great. Don't get me wrong, but putting the title on Wardlow unless Tony Khan has some grand fucking master plan for Wardlow, it will do nothing. It will he do nothing. Have took it off of me. What, what took is it off what 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 did Seth Rollins say on Monday Night Raw? It is the man that makes the title. That's not the title that makes the man. You're gonna go right back to proving that statement to be correct, right? Yeah. You need to. You, you, Samoa Joe is making the TNT title right now, and he's yeah. putting on banger matches. Why would you take the title off him to put it on Wardlow? Who this right now with Samoa Joe? That should have been Wardlow. Yeah, there is no champion. No champion in AEW right now with a distinguished title reign. None of them. Jade Carghill is undefeated in her title reign, and no one gives a damn shit about it. No. No one. So that has done nothing. The other titles that you probably could have gotten um, champions over as being a legitimate champion, you've hot shot at the title. Every title in the company has been hot-shotted too much. No one is sitting on a solid title reign right now. MJF will get there at some point, but he just won it. You know, Jay Cargill has completely dropped the ball on that reign. I don't think it... I'm going to take that back a little bit. I don't think... Because... So, for the first part of her reign, it was great. But now it's just run its course, and now it's that the longer it goes, the more it's being drug out. You know, I don't. I wouldn't go as far as saying it's all her. Yes, she needs to improve, sure. But the booking of her title reign has been very, very bad at this. But at this point, now we're just looking to just get it off of her. No one's excited about it at all. <clears throat> why, why? Why are we talking about Jade Cargill? Because we're talking about titles and AEW being important and not being important. And she's the only long. Where did I lose you? You fucking BBC I don't know, man. You, fucking... man, you mentioned Jay Cargill, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to do after the fucking show's over. I mean, she's, I mean, she's the longest reigning champion, and even she doesn't mean shit. No title. There's not a title in AEW. At this point, Jay Cargill is, is demoralizing the, the, the TBS title. Yeah. She's not making it, that it, title important. She may think she's making the title important, but nobody, like Jesse said, nobody gives a fuck about that championship or her reign. And, and all anybody cares about is who's going to beat her so we can fucking end this misery. It literally feels like that title was created just for her. You've been just saying that for you've been saying that all year. Yep. I mean, it just they just made the title for her and gave it to her. Now she's carrying it around. It might as well be those pink titles that Adam Cole and Britt Baker won. <laughs> <laughs> she just take it home and put it on the mantle somewhere because it means nothing. Hi, Jade. Hi, hey, Brittany. Hi. How you guys doing? Hi. Oh, hopefully you, hopefully you all have a happy holiday. We're, again, we're just being honest. Sorry. Everybody else is honest. Why can't we? Anyway, uh, moving on. Good on Samoa Joe, man. King of television. Looking forward to the match, though. Uh, Hook. My boy Hook versus Exodus Prime. Sounds like a fucking Destiny 2 uh, secret exotic mission, bro. Exodus Prime. Holy shit. 
Yeah, we had fun with that guy on Dark the other day. This guy's, mixed, this, this, this guy's mixing two things that I actually like. The band Exodus from the Bay Area, thrash metal, man. Everybody loves some Exodus if you love some heavy metal, right? And then you got Optimus Prime, man. I'm a big Autobots. Transformers. I'm a, I'm a Decepticon guy, but who doesn't love a good Optimus Prime, bro? Roll out. You know, it's, yeah. this guy, this guy uh, Exodus Prime, bro. It wasn't his time tonight. One minute. Lost. No. Hook. No. Exodus Red Rum. was not in his prime. No. No. Hook is in his prime. No, Hook is not even in his prime, man. How old is he? Nope. 21? Nope. Uh, something like that. The 12? <laughs> One minute. Great to see Hook get some uh, TV time on Dynamite. They're uh, continuing the angle from last week with the uh, pairing of Jungle Boy. Uh, at the end of the match, Hook's win uh, didn't really mean much of anything because Stokely Hathaway was gloating about Big Bill as uh, he choke slammed Jungle Boy into what I love to call NXT, the big trash can backstage. So he basically, Big Bill chokeslammed uh, Jack Perry into uh, NXT, the big trash bin backstage, and uh, Hook slowly made his way to the back. There was no sense of urgency on Hook to go uh, defuse the situation, but he made his way back there, and that's the way the segment came to a close. I mean, we don't know what the pairing is going to uh, mean moving forward. I think everybody's excited about it. Everybody loves Jungle Boy. Everybody loves Hook. So uh, are we going to get a new tag team out of this, bro? Is this just for the time being to take care of uh, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty? Or uh, uh, is, is this going to lead to Hook and Jungle Boy feuding? So Parker will be a trust buster for life. I personally brought him to AEW to smash this roster. Tonight, he took down one of the biggest guys here. Remember, kids, money always talks. Who said that, Swerve? Ari Davari. As long as they're not trust buster on TV, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Nobody wants to see Ari Davari in a fucking stable with Sonny Kiss. Give me a break. Or uh, Parker Boudreaux, rather, in a stable with Sonny Kiss. Nobody. No. Come on. No, but... He left NXT for this? He got fired from NXT for that? But... This is a bad pairing. What is a bad pairing? For Parker Boudreaux. With Swerve? Yeah. Yeah. Right, we'll get to it in a second, but uh, what about this Hook Jungle Boy situation, bro? What do you see out of this? Tag team, feuding? Um, Tag team, for sure, man. Um, I think that definitely gives both of them something to do for a little while. It's a harmless tag team. Um, you can break them up at some point without turning one heel. Um, it does, like I said, give them both something to do. Hook has needed something to sink his teeth into as it pertains to, um, I guess you can say maybe the main roster ish or the, the upper part of the, of the roster, at least without making him without, you don't want to, you don't want to kill his momentum, but you don't want to sh- give, give him a rocket pack either. You just want to keep him relevant. And I think te- teaming him with Jack Perry is a, is a really good decision. I think that's a very good underdog team. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Two guys that we actually thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, both two guys that we want to cheer, that we like seeing. And um, I think, like I said before, I think this is a, a good opportunity to introduce Hook's first loss to him and have it come in the form of a tag team at some point. Yep. You know, but I, I like, I like, I want to see where this goes. I like this though. What about Luchasaurus? What, what happened to Luchasaurus after the pay-per-view steel cage match? We haven't heard from him or Christian Cage. Yeah, we're waiting for Cage to 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 heal. I, I think I think Cage um being healthy to partner with Luchasaurus can then we can then circle back to Jungle Boy and Hook at that point then. Yeah. 
But um, I, I think I think Christian Cage is important to what to the plans they had for Luchasaurus going forward. So I think that's why. So that's why I have no problem with Luchasaurus not being there. They're going to hold him off if Christian Cage's injury is not too crazy serious, but he just needs some time. That's fine. That's fine. We can take both of them off. Continue to build up Jungle Boy. Um, put them with Hook, and then when they're ready, bring them back, and it's back to business for um for them. Um, so I have no problem with that right now. Someone says Luchasaurus has an injury as well. Is that true? Uh, I'm not sure. He may, he may after that Luke Cage match, I would not be surprised. Okay. So uh, yeah. I haven't heard anything about it, but uh, you know, hopefully he gets back to television soon. We miss Luchasaurus. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you guys for joining me on the podcast, man. We got almost two thousand people in here on a, on a Wednesday night. I know it's been uh, slow. Everybody's getting ready for the holiday season. But if you guys can kindly hit the thumbs up, I would really, really appreciate it. It helps us out in the land of algorithm and helps us to the YouTube gods, man. So uh, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Every little bit helps. Continue to get those super chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. I want to thank everybody that's got their super chats in so far. And we got two new members tonight. I would really love to get a couple of more, man. Nice round number of five. So if you guys want to get in on the VIP club, man, I'm always accepting applications right here on OTS. John Moxley, he went one-on-one with Darius Martin. Kind of an oddball match tonight, but uh, always good to see John Moxley in the ring, and it gave uh, Darius Martin some one-on-one time uh, away from top flight because it seems like Dante Martin has been uh, on his own for the majority of the last year and a half. So Moxley controlled the pace early here. Darius tried some shoulder tackles, but Moxley no-sold and pretty much went right at him with some slaps to the face. Darius used his speed here against Moxley. Sent him out to the floor. Moxley recovered quickly. Launched him into the railing. Moxley dragged Darius into the crowd. Hit a snap suplex on the concrete, which looked nice. And uh, Darius is uh, trying to get back into this thing. He had a tope to wipe out Moxley after uh, Moxley was a little bit distracted by Dante, who was there in his corner. Moxley regained control, grounding Darius, and took the brawl to the corner with a superplex. Anvil elbows connected. Darius floated over with a brain buster. That led to a forearm battle. Darius battled back here with Moxley, but Moxley ripped at the knee brace as Darius kicked free. Darius clipped Moxley with a corner step-up Pele kick and uh, started to come back. He tried uh, with a flatliner from the apron. Darius went for the top rope crossbody. Moxley rolled through into uh, some really nasty stomps and some elbows. Bulldog choke, death rider, and that was pretty much all she wrote for Darius Martin. One, two, three. Uh, really no follow-up after this. Uh, that was basically the end of the match. Uh, like I said, Jesse, kind of an oddball matchup here, but two reasons why I think they did what they did here. Number one, I have a feeling Top Flight's going to have a big 2023 if they can remain healthy. And I think both of these guys are going to be in the trios battle royal. So Mox is going to be there with Claudio and Wheeler, and Darius is going to be obviously with Dante and uh, A.R. Fox. So basically... When it boils down to it, this match was basically a hard sell for the uh, Three Kings, $300,000, whatever the fuck they're calling it, Battle Royal on Rampage. That's all it was. Yeah, um, I think the match was okay. I'm going to be honest, I, I think I think they could have given um, Darius a little bit more in the match. I mean, Really? Maybe, I thought they gave him too much. Really? Yeah. I, th- I mean, I, it just it felt like... It felt like Mox was kind of just being a bully in the match, and especially when they got to the part where he he slapped um, Darius, and all Darius did was come back and do more wrestling moves. I mean, at, at what point would he would he? I, I would have liked to see him fire up 
at some point and smack them back. Yeah. You know, man to man, you fucking slap me, bitch. I'll slap you right back. You know, I mean, just just give him a little bit more because we know who's going to win and we know how he's going to win. So that being said, I wanted to see Darius get a little bit more offense in. You know, it wasn't a squash. You know, that's, that's appreciated. But I'm um, seeing as how these are two top guys. You know, we got one guy headed for the top. Um, and one guy already at the top, I would have liked to have seen uh, Mox just bring him up a little bit more. That's all. Uh, if you're asking me honestly, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even put this match on. No, honestly. I would not. Uh, I, I mean, the whole the whole match went, went about 12 minutes. It felt like it really wasn't needed on tonight's show. And then when Hook made his way out in the previous segment, Moxie was actually coming out while Hook was walking up the ramp uh, to yeah. go help Jungle Boy. So I don't know. It really gave me a vibe of this hurried feel and it did feel rushed and it looked like they were strapped for time. Maybe something kind of went overboard uh, as far as time is concerned. This got Mm -hmm. uh, some decent time. I felt like Moxley gave uh, Darius a little bit too much uh, defense. I think Darius got a little too much offense on John Moxley. I I don't know. To me, all you needed to do was just sell the battle Royal, put these guys on rampage. And this tonight wasn't really needed. I could agree with that. I wouldn't have booked the match to be honest. Um, What I would have liked to see though, and and maybe maybe this is coming soon. Is Mox and Claudio versus Top Flight? Now that I don't mind. That would have been nice. That I don't mind. I, I would love to see um, the Blackpool Combat Club get into the tag team title ranks or the trios championship title ranks. Yeah. You know, I I think they have some some legs still left to go. Uh, some mileage still left on the Blackpool Combat Club. I, I, I mean, some people think Moxley's turning heel with his new attitude, but that, that's just John Moxley's attitude. I mean, all because he's acting a little bit more defiant with Adam Page doesn't mean he's turning heel. I yeah. mean, may, may, it depends on how the crowd is going to react. I mean, Adam Page is incredibly over, but so is yeah. John Moxley. So it's going to be very interesting now that I brought that up that that may occur in that match, Jesse. We don't know, but I don't think Moxley's turning heel. I think that would be a bad move. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He just needs to be... He just needs to stay where he is, which is basically kind of tweener. Yeah. I mean, he always does what he wants to do. I mean, but if he's going to lean to a side, I mean, he can lean towards being a dick in the match and things like that. He he He's like that stone cold um, baby face where like in the match, I don't care who you are. You step in these ropes. I'm going to fucking fight you. I'm going to whoop your ass. You know, if I respect you, then you'll walk out of here alive. You know, something like, you know, just kind of that kind of baby face. Never... I'm going to shake your hand before a match because it's all right. No, Moxie's not going to fucking do that. Yeah. Never. We got a vignette here for Powerhouse Hobbs, the next chapter in the book of Hobbs. He talked about what monsters did to him when he was a kid on the streets, but he said they created a monster themselves. He says he's going to spill everyone else's blood in the next chapter of the book of Hobbs. And he also mentioned that he saw his uncle overdose on the floor. And as a child, he was beaten, robbed, and been stabbed and shot in his entire life. So these things have been done to him. And uh, all of this basically has created a monster. I'm liking where they're going with this, bro. Now, I don't know what they do to reintroduce him to television and what they do as far as plans creatively for him. But I like the fact that he's getting some TV time. We're getting a little bit of a backstory on Will Hobbs so that when we do get him on television, we have a better understanding of who he is. Yeah, I could appreciate these. I like them. Yeah. Absolutely. We got the Ass Boys, Austin and Colton Gunn. Not working for me. What ain't working for you? Ass Boys. Ass Boys, the Gun Club. Whatever. The Gun Club versus FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood. 
This went about nine minutes. Uh, finally, these two teams are uh, colliding here. And quite the, uh, quite the outcome. I didn't really expect the gun club to get the victory, but they are. Yeah. They, they got the victory, man. It seems like, uh, it seems like the, uh, the train has kind of derailed on the FTR uh, train going into uh, 2023, man. What the fuck is going on here? It just feels like FTR was trying to pull a, you know, a Jericho and just kind of get these guys over. But it kind of just fell flat. Like, it, last week it came off as, oh, shit. This guy pulled it off against Jericho. It's amazing. This week is like, wow, you guys are losing to the ass boys, huh? Yeah. It just didn't it, it didn't feel the same. And for me, the ass boys just have not felt the same since not having their father with them. I think they need their father more than the fucking acclaim do. I really do. Well, I don't I don't know if I could agree with that, but I see why you said it. I don't think you take daddy ass away from the acclaimed. They shouldn't have put him there to begin with. They don't need him. They don't need him. His sons need him to help get over. They claim do not need help. So you're, getting what over. you're saying, what you're saying to me is that you're okay without hearing "scissor me, daddy ass" by Anthony Bones. Well, the bottom line of it is this: the the acclaim do not need Billy Gunn to get over, but his sons do. Period. But Billy Gunn was with his sons, and they went nowhere. They were getting. What do you mean? They were actually getting better. They were be. They were getting there. No one goes from nothing to everything. They were. They were getting better. They were getting more interesting. They were doing things with them. Now they're not doing as much with them, and they're not as interesting right now. I don't think. Uh, listen, man. I, I think the Gun Club are fine. Uh, I, I don't see them uh, going anywhere anytime soon. More so. Let's talk about FTR. It, it feels like FTR. You know, and, and I like the fact that the commentary team, I think it was Excalibur that mentioned that the gun club was getting uh, FTR in, in a prime spot after that brutal dog collar match uh, at Final Battle. But it does seem like the train is derailing, and I'm not talking about Braun Strowman's train. Uh, the FTR train is derailing, bro. They lost their Ring of Honor tag team titles to the Briscoes, and they lost the gun, the gun club here tonight. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom is legitimately in like a week and a half. Two weeks, right? And they may actually be losing their IWGP Tag Team Championships. It, it, the losing streak seems to kind of lend to them kind of losing all their championships, bro. And, and I wonder why that is the case. It, it, it's either one or the other. It, it's that they may be staying with AEW and they're going to focus on AEW and possibly go after the AEW Tag Team Championships. Or... They are not coming back to AEW, and they may not resign with the company, and they may go elsewhere. I I, I hope that's not the case or not. I, I don't give a shit where they go. I'm just I just want to see them on television. But I think Tony Khan may be kind of in a situation right now where he doesn't know where they are and where they're leaning. So, how you feel about that? I don't know. I I think I think for what FTR wants to do, which is what they're doing right now. I think AEW is the best place for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, they want to, they just want to, they want to wrestle and they want to wrestle worldwide. You know, they want to put themselves out there. And CM Punk yeah. isn't really helping the cause with fucking uh, very cryptic photos of him and FTR on his, on his Instagram stories. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I saw that. He posted a picture of him backstage with FTR on a fucking Tuesday. Yeah. So what were you there last week? Get the fuck out of here. That's an old ass picture. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, 
Yeah, I think FTR will be fine wherever they land. I mean, I, them wanting to go back to the E, I can see that. You know, Papa H, man, he loves the FTR, man. Yeah, we talked we talked about this extensively. Uh, right now would be a, a, as good of a time as any for FTR to go back to the WWE. Um, it's not the same WWE as it was with Vince McMahon running. Uh, I think you are correct. I think FTR, first of all, I'd love to see them take some fucking time away. Heal up those yeah. injuries. I mean, they've been just going all year. Uh, they've been putting themselves in brutal match after brutal match after brutal match. They they, they deserve uh, a nice vacation and some tequila. No question. Yeah. Um, I do think AEW is probably their best bet because it allows them to basically do whatever they want. And yep. they could go here. They could go there. They could wrestle New Japan. They could do whatever they want on the indies uh, if TK says so. And then do the AEW thing as well. But I don't know. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, what if, you know, back to the ass boys, what if at the end of the day, when this is all said and done, Billy Gunn helps the ass boys beat the acclaim for those titles? I, if, if it, if it comes down to that, I could absolutely see that being the case. It it would make, it would make sense. I mean, it would make the guns incredibly over as, uh, as a heel team. They would get so much heat for that. And the acclaimed actually would be bigger baby faces for that. I would, I, I would think. Yeah, I want to see them get get a good run in here. Um, I mean, I, I want to see them get a good run into the spring at the very least with those tag titles. Um, and then, yeah, I want to see the Gun Club built up to get a tag team title match at a pay per view, and I want to see you know Daddy Ass turn and help his sons win the title. That'd be fucking fantastic. Man. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe, maybe we get that. Anyway, the guns here controlled the action during a commercial break. Uh, FTR clotheslined the guns to the floor. They brawled into a commercial. They came back from commercial. Guns were in control. Wheeler eventually made the hot tag to Harwood. He ran wild with some jabs and some lariats. Dax tried a sharpshooter on Austin, but Colton tripped him up on the floor. Guns tried a spike pile driver on the floor, but Wheeler laid out Colton with a big dive. Austin launched Harwood into the steps and back into the ring. Austin then faked a sweet chin music and applied a terrible-looking sharpshooter instead. Wheeler mowed Austin down, launched Colton to the floor where uh, Cash Wheeler missed a leap off the apron and collided into the railing. Dax then tried a pile driver on Austin but sold his bad hip so he couldn't do it. Harwood then tried for an O'Connor roll, but Austin rolled through, grabbed his brother's hand who was on the outside for a leverage pin, and they stole the match. And beat FTR, Excalibur mentioned, and it wouldn't be mentioned if it wasn't a storyline. Excalibur mentioned that the losing streak of FTR is rolling on, and they look dejected at the end of the match. So this is a storyline. Where it's going, I don't know, but it seems like they may be uh, losing it all eventually and then starting all over from scratch, hopefully uh, for the AEW Tag Team Championships and primarily on AEW TV, but we'll see when we get there. Well, they got about, what, four or five more sets of titles they can lose, so they'll be all right. Yeah. We got a music video, not one from the acclaimed, but we got a rap video of Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and all that crew, and they were all uh, smirking in slow motion, bro, as if they were uh, pretending to be uh, rap gangsters over here. Uh, it'll be Lethal and Jarvis, Anthony Bowens, and Daddy Ass on Rampage. Uh, this was primarily Sanjay dot rapping, and this was fucking awful. 
This was awful, bro. Jeff Jarrett fucking uh, pretending like he's in gangster's paradise over here, bro, with Coolio. Holy shit. What are we doing here, man? This is what the best creative is for the tag team championships, man. Jeff fucking Jarrett against Billy Gunn. And then Roxy wants to know why I don't watch Rampage. Because we got Jeff Jarrett against fucking Daddy S on Rampage. My God, man. What am I missing for that? I can't wait to talk about that one, bro. Keep in mind, we had this on TV and not Miro. We had this on TV and not Miro, yes. I wish I could play the music video for you guys to hear how bad it was, but uh, I don't want to get a copyright strike by AEW. No one's claiming that shit. Rick Ross mediates the Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee face-off here. And I was actually excited to see where this was going. But at the end of it all, this was very deflating and it felt very flat. Shivani was in the ring with Rick Ross. Keith Lee made uh, his way down there. Ross said while holding a microphone that they're about to make history with some big business to discuss. So he introduced Swerve Strickland, calling him a young legend. And then to Keith Lee, he looked over at Keith Lee, and I kid you not, it's all over social media. You guys can go check it out. Just uh, search Rick Ross, AEW. And he told Keith Lee that he is a big motherfucker. Keith Lee's reaction was priceless. He turned around, he did one of these, <laughs> and then he motioned with his, uh, with his hand to his throat to cut the microphone off. Uh, this was uh, quite shocking. And uh, Mike, uh, Mike you know, Mansory, Mansory, he, he, tur- it, it, he turned it, to sip his coffee. Yeah, he, he uh, apparently he, he walked out to take a piss. Shit! Or, or went to go get a fucking drink at the vending machine. <laughs> Missed this completely, and we got you're a big motherfucker live on television. Tony Khan probably has to pay uh, Warner Media uh, and quite the hefty fine. So. When Swerve didn't come out right away, Lee got impatient. Ross said he should give the legend some time. We're not talking about trash legend, by the way. Uh, Swerve walked out and said that he is going to start doing things his way. He said that he and Lee should own everything. He says he can't deal with all the accusations. Ross then interjected and said they don't want to put up with false accusations. Swerve said Lee can't keep his eye on the ball or his health. Honestly, you need to keep your eyes in the back of your head from now on. So then Rick Ross goes behind Keith Lee. I thought he was going to fucking clobber Keith Lee from behind. He's a real suspect, right? He he did not. He walked behind Keith Lee and he put his fingers out like this, right? He put his two fingers out like this and pointed to the back of Keith Lee's head. Now, if I'm Keith Lee and someone's touching me from behind that I don't know, I'm going to fucking turn around. He didn't turn around. What the fuck are you doing back here, man? Swerve said... You know, you got to keep eyes in the back of your head. Ross pointed at Lee's head. All of a sudden, Parker Boudreaux, wearing this new emblem, this new this new merchandise, this new logo that Swerve has got on his Twitter and on his merchandise now, he's wearing this on like a sweatshirt, is Parker Boudreaux. Attack Lee from behind. He's putting the boots to Keith Lee, uh, punching away at him. He's very over-exuberant after every blow, is Parker Boudreaux, getting very excited out there. Uh, need to calm that down, brother. Need to calm that down. We, we don't need to uh, start celebrating like you scored a touchdown after every fucking punch, man. Love you, but you got to tone it down. Seriously. We don't, need, uh, we don't need you to be celebrating like you won the World Series after every punch. 
He looks like Bowser just found Mario and Luigi on the map of Mario Party. <laughs> scale it down. Just scale Every it move. down. Um, Boudreaux attacked Lee from behind. Lee knocked him out of the ring, clotheslined him over the top, then turned back to Swerve. When Lee walked towards Swerve in the aisle, this random... I, I, I didn't know who it was. I didn't know who it was, and I still don't know who it is. This unidentified man, he had tattoos all over his face, all over his body. He had dreads. Don't know who he is. Attack Lee in the aisleway. The announcers wondered who it was. We got nothing. Ross is on the microphone calling this play-by-play with a live microphone in the ring, which deflated the entire fucking crowd. It's the cue. You said enough, bro. Just put the microphone down, okay? He said it's a Moogle affiliate. Boudreaux hit Lee from behind with a steel chair. They double-teamed Lee as Swerve watched with uh, the satisfaction all over his face. Ross then said it's time to make history. They put Lee on the ringside steps. This was great. They put Lee on the ringside steps, put a cinder block on his chest. Swerve leapt off the top rope and stomped the cinder block into pieces all over Keith Lee's chest. And uh, Ross, still with a live microphone, says that this man may need some medical attention. And that's the way the segment came off. was cool. Yeah, that, that cinder block spot was fucking great. I thought that was awesome. But um, there's so much I want to like about this, bro. But, you know, uh, being that we're both honest individuals, you know, I, I get that Rick Ross is a big name in the hip-hop realm. And him being included in this is not only showing AEW's diversity, but it's also, you know, opening up doors for Swerve as well, which is a great thing. But if he's not with the program and he's not going to add anything to the segment, I don't even know why the fuck he's out there, bro. Because honestly, no matter how big of a name he is and how talented of a man he is, he actually took away from this segment. And the only thing that's really getting attention right now is his fucking F-bomb on live television that wasn't censored quick enough. Yeah, so I don't know if... I don't know if Rick Ross is going to be with Swerve going forward. Because if so, then... Well, I hope not. Well, I mean, I'm not opposed to... Rick Ross was actually not bad on the mic, you know. His first appearance wasn't bad. He might have been a little inebriated, but his first appearance wasn't bad. This this was his second. This was his second ever. I mean, give the guy some time, you know? Chill. He don't drop F-bombs every week. Well, he dropped an F-bomb the last segment he was in, too. This is two segments in a row. He didn't drop one. Yes, he did. He said, fuck the last segment. Well, maybe they allow him to. Who knows? Warner Media is allowing Rick Ross to drop f bombs. Well, I mean, they have to pay a fine. Hey, Rick can afford the fines, bro. Well, he better be paying the fine. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if he's gonna be affiliated with the faction. It didn't make sense for him to be out there. We're gonna make history. For, yeah, yeah, you are. You did. <laughs> he's gonna. He's they have a lot of FCC. Is gonna get rich. Jesus bro. Christ. Um, I, I don't know, man. It, to me, it felt flat. I, I felt like. You know what really deflated? You know, maybe I'm taking a little bit too much to, to Rick Ross and blaming Rick. Maybe maybe it wasn't Rick Ross. No, it was, no. You know you know what the most deflating aspect of it was. It wasn't even Rick Ross. It was the fact that AEW bro continues to debut fucking people in in ways where we don't know who the fuck they who was this guy. Like Parker Boudreaux, I, I get it. If you don't know who he is. You know, and you don't watch NXT and you didn't realize that it was with Joe Gacy and Harland and fucking the schism and all that other bullshit. I, and, and you don't watch Dark. You might not know who he is. 
I get it. Yeah. But the other guy, bro, there's no fucking excuse as to why this guy is out there debuting like that. We don't got a name. We've never seen him before. Fans don't know who the fuck he is. Fans don't know what to do to boo, to cheer, where they saw him. They don't know if they saw him on dark. Uh, right. Swerve didn't fill us in on who he was. I mean, that's a terrible way to introduce somebody, bro. And with the crowd that was that hot in San Antonio to feel that fucking deflated, bro, that's a that's a huge, a huge fucking fail, in my yeah, honest that, opinion. That that reaction, that reaction was um was telling. I mean, it, it that live reaction tells you what everyone else across the country was thinking. Like, who the fuck is this guy? The fact that it was that quiet for Parker Boudreaux was disturbing because that guy is on dark every fucking week. Every week. But at the same time, the other guy, I mean, my God, I think he was on dark, what, once, twice? And I don't fucking remember him, man. And, and, and this is this is the problem, bro. You know, AEW, you know, it's talent and the people that run the company, they think that everybody watches dark and they think that people go out of the way to watch. No, nobody watches dark. You watch dark because you've made a series out of it on your channel. You know, the, the absolute elitist and gatekeepers of AEW watch fucking dark. Nobody watches dark. And I feel bad for Parker Boudreaux because he's somebody that I believe in. If he puts the work in, could be a major player here as, as time goes on. He got no fucking reaction. And this other guy, no name, got no reaction. Swerve is out there doing some of the best work of his fucking AEW run with this Keith Lee shit, and it got no reaction. Yet, if we call it out as shit, then, we, then we're the ones to blame. That's not the way you debut somebody. That's not the way you debut somebody. Live no. television, throw them out there to the fucking wolves, throw them into the fire. This should have been done as a slow burn to reintroduce us. Who's Parker Boudreaux? Why did you enlist him? Who's this yeah. other guy? Why did you enlist him? Where did you get them from? What the name of the fucking faction is? All this happening in one segment like this is not the way. Triple H is doing this on Monday Night Raw with all... Bronson Reed, bro. You know, I, I get why they did what they did with Bronson Reed on Monday Night Raw, but introducing him like that was a mistake just like everybody else that was introduced like that, bro. I can't fucking stand it. And when these promotions don't get the program with these returns, it really deflates us as an audience. Because we hear the fucking live audience, they don't give a shit, and then we're looking, watching at home, like, was that really the best way to do it? No. Yeah. It was not. Yeah, yeah this fell this fell just as flat as Butcher and Blade debut, Satin and Singh debut. I mean, it was it just it everyone's sitting there scratching their head trying to figure out who it was. I mean, that's not the way to do it. No. So. I mean, what 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 do we got here? We got one unnamed guy that we never seen before. Looks like he's right at, he looks like, he looks like somebody out of fucking, uh, what's that game I used to play, man? Fucking, uh, he looks like, so, he looks like something out of Street Fighter, bro. He I was going to say Streets of Rage. Streets of, yeah, Streets of Rage. He looks something like, he looks someone like that would be in Streets of, uh, Streets of Rage. And then Parker Boudreaux, what, what do we got, Hit Row 2.0? Oh, are we doing, yeah. are we really doing Hit Row 2.0 with fucking Rick Ross as the mogul behind this new Swerve group? This was so bad. I, I figured they were going to give Swerve a stable, which is fine. But I, the, I pitched Private Party going there. That, could, that, that killed two birds with one stone right there. Those yeah. guys need something to do. And they are a notable team that wouldn't have gotten that bland reaction. And they could have done something with a squad like fucking uh, uh, Private Party and fucking Rick Ross and Swerve. Private that Party and Parker Boudreaux would have been a fine stable for Swerve. I, yeah, yes. And now... 
Parker Boudreaux with Private Party and Swerve, that I would take. But Parker Boudreaux, this no-name guy and Swerve, that that makes zero sense. I don't like it. So, sometimes letting sometimes letting the talent have as much say as they have is a bad thing for the fucking product. And I don't give a shit how anybody thinks of me and what my opinion is. I've always talked about first impressions. If your first impression is what we saw tonight, that's a terrible fucking first impression, and people are going to fucking go back to that and say, well, this, this shit sucks. You just yeah. introduced your new group to a terrible first impression, and that's now what people are going to associate with this new group. Yeah. Is Swerve going to be big enough to get these guys over like he did Hit Row? I don't know. Time will tell. I hope he does, but this is not the way to go about it. No, yeah, they have to. They if if the plan was for these two to come and join Swerve, we should have been getting some kind of vignettes about one or both of these guys on Dynamite to at least know they're coming. We wouldn't have known that they're coming to you know team up with Swerve, but at least we knew they were coming. Yeah, no one knows who these guys are. I, th- things just need to be done a little bit differently. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. And if we're, if we're coming off too hard, it's because we actually care. It's, it's the same mistakes. That's the fucking problem. It's the same mistakes every fucking time. AEW thinks that we, that we watch all of their fucking product. Yeah. We don't. A vignette would be nice. Slow introducing these guys. Parker Boudreaux would have been fine. If he, if he did him, fine. But the other guy, did we really yeah. need both guys getting non-reactions? Yeah, that was a big double down. Come on, it's not like it's not like Parker Boudreaux has been tearing up the dark scene, man. He's he's not. No, they've been they've been using him sparingly, and the times they do use him, he is not breaking any glass ceilings. No, no. one's like. That's why no one's re- like, man. I, I haven't come here and said, man. Parker Boudreaux is fucking progressing. He's looking good. He's like, he's not, man. He's not. Yeah, that's somebody I'd like to know what he's doing in his off time to 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 hone his craft. Is he yeah. honing his craft in his off time? I I, I hope that he doesn't. You know, it's easy to to be aligned with Swerve and settle into a fucking role because you got Swerve as your leader of this new group. I don't want to see anybody get lazy. I don't. Yeah. What is he doing to progress? He had the performance center. What does he have access to now? I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it's nothing, nothing against either one of these guys individually, but yeah, I'm not seeing any major progression in Parker Boudreaux. He, he looks the very same way he did when he debuted in NXT and the same way he debuted on Dark to the way he looked tonight on Dynamite. Just the same. We'll see what happens with that, man. Not a, not a good first impression for Swerve. I'll tell you that right now. Jamie Hayter. She was with Britt Baker and Rebel. Main event against Hikaru Shida to retain the AEW Women's Championship. She defeated Hikaru Shida. This was a great main event. I was wondering what the main event of this show was going to be. I had no problem with these ladies main eventing the show seeing what we got on the show tonight, and they were put into the main event in front of a hot crowd, and it was fucking fantastic. Loved it. If there was, a- I'm sorry, go ahead. If AEW can continue putting on women's matches like this, bro, 2023 should be a the best year yet for yeah. AEW's women's division. Yes, there was there was no world title match or segment. There was no TNT title match. Um the women had a title match on the show tonight. They 100% needed to be in the main event. And for that to happen, they 100% needed to kill it. All things happen. Yep. All things happen tonight. Carl Shida, who I've been very high on as of late. 
I mean, it's been well documented. I, since since her since her whole ordeal with Serena D, I've been very high on Okara Shida and and Jamie Hayter. I, I I don't I'm I'm not gonna sit here and put her over anymore. I can't I can't put her over anymore. She's fucking great, man. So they I expected them to kill it and they did and they tore the house down. I mean, bravo. This is exactly what we are talking about as far as placing importance on the women's championship. This is exactly what we want. Matches like this and champions like Jamie Hayter. She's off to a great start so far. We'll see if that continues. You know, the women's division doesn't have the uh, the best of, uh, of luck over a long string of time or a period of time. But, uh, I mean, matches like this are just going to make the women's championship important. Putting it on in the main event when you know that you have two ladies that can absolutely fucking tear the house down is going to be a better look than anything you've done for the women's championship. And I'm glad... That they got the time to shine. Um, this was fast, hard hitting, exactly what we want out of this. And they started out slugging each other with some hard strikes. Sheeta dropped Hater with a step up knee, put the boots to her. Hater tried fighting back. Sheeta mounted her with some strikes, connected with a suplex. And Sheeta then hit a, sh- a charging knee lift to take us into uh, the first commercial break here. Hater controlled during the commercial break, giving Sheeta her own suplex into the corner and took the fight to the floor with a charging boot against the barricade. Hater continued with some strikes. Both ladies collided with a double clothesline. Sheeta fought back first. Corner punches, drop kick off the second rope. Hater rolled to the apron and Sheeta tried a suplex back inside, but Hater hit a snapmare off the turnbuckle onto the apron and Sheeta landed hard. Hater tried sending Sheeta into the ring post, but that was reversed and Sheeta hit a suplex from the apron to the floor. So both ladies made it back into the ring after being out on the floor. Uh, we got some forearms back and forth. Sheeta hit an Inzaguri Meteora off the top rope. Sheeta went for the Falcon Arrow, connected it, got a near fall. She went for a superplex, but Hater dropped her face first on the mat. Hater missed a big moonsault, which uh, I don't think we've seen her really go for uh, up until this point. She missed it, but it looked great in execution. And Sheeta hit the uh, Tamashi is what she calls it. Uh, instead, she put her away, and uh, Sheeta went for the uh, katana, but Hater fell to the mat. Uh, Hater hit a fireman's carry neck- neckbreaker into a sliding lariat. Hater slowly got to her feet, connected with uh, the backbreaker, and Sheeta kicked out. Sheeta need out of uh, the Haterade, missed the katana, uh, and Rebel took the referee's attention away, which allowed Britt Baker to jump on the apron as she grabbed Sheeta's kendo stick, and she ate a big flying uh, kick right to the face and a kendo shot from Sheeta. Hater went for the powerbomb. Sheeta rolled through. Hater held on but hit the powerbomb anyway and only got a two-count. Crowd went crazy after Sheeta kicked out of the powerbomb. Hater hit some stiff lariats. Sheeta kicked out. Hater raid, and that was basically it. Hater wins with her finish, and post-match, Baker and Rebel put the boots to Sheeta. Tony Storm made her return. She took out both of the ladies until Hater wiped out Storm with the AEW Women's Championship. Soraya hit the ring, took out Rebel on the stage, and took out Britt Baker with a thrust kick as Sheeta Storm and Soraya stared down Hater, Rebel, and Baker to end the show. Now, I don't know who uh, the mystery partner is, bro, for uh, the LA Forum in a couple of weeks, but uh, it clearly will not be Tony Storm. Hope not. They clearly will not be Tony Storm. I mean, I can't. I can't imagine it being Tony Storm because 
She came out here. Why would you? Why would the mystery partner be Tony Storm? Tony Storm has fizzled out, man. She has nothing going on. There's nothing. I mean, I wouldn't go that. Right I, I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, she's it, teaming with Soraya. She's in a program that? with Soraya now against Britt Baker and, and Jamie Hayter, the women's shit. I don't think she has nothing to do. I mean, is it exciting? No. Has she done anything since she won the since she lost the championship? No. No. So who's the mystery partner? Don't is know, it man. Mercedes Varnado? No, we don't know. No, we don't Mercedes know. Mercedes Monet. Is it Thunder Rosa? If, Bro, whoever it is, whoever if, whoever if, it is, if, it needs to be announced before January eleventh. That's all I'll say. If it's I'll, if it's if it's if it's not Mercedes, it needs to be announced before January 11th. Here's the thing, man. If Thunder Rosa was gonna come back, it should have been tonight. If it wasn't gonna be tonight, I don't think it's gonna be in a couple of weeks. Well, Dave Meltzer was saying February for uh, Thunder Rosa. Listen. I mean, it, the, the the high probability of it being Mercedes, bro, is higher than it's ever been. Whether it's a six-month deal, a one-year deal, a fucking one-off, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It would be interesting, man. And I don't want to leave Naomi out of the discussion either. It could be Trinity. It could be, yeah. What if, it, what if it's Trinity? We don't know. Well, what if Trinity is the one that Bow Wow brings into uh, AEW to take the title off of uh, Jake Cargill? Please don't say the word Bow Wow anymore. My Little Bow Wow, bro. Oh, bro. Please don't. Bow Wow, Bow Wow, Bow Wow. Don't, don't fucking... Mention that clown. Now he's a mid rapper, isn't he? Yes. No, he's no, no, he's not. He's not even a fucking rapper. Don't even give him that title. Sorry. Don't give him that Sorry. title. Anyway, guys, that's all we got. That was uh, AW Dynamite. Uh, I mean, it sounded like we hated the show, but we really didn't. We really didn't. We enjoyed the. We enjoyed the show tonight. We did. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but again, we're here to just break down every little piece of it. If you ask us about the whole picture, I'll tell you, hey, you know, Dynamite was a good show. Yeah. Thought it was, it was a good, a good show. show. Hot crowd. Progressed storylines. Excited about uh, the matches that they got coming up. Next week should be a big show, right? The New Year's Bash. And we got that January 4th in Seattle. And we got January 11th from the LA Forum. We got some big weeks of Dynamite coming up, bro. Can't wait, man. I'm here be, for it. Should be good. Anyway, guys, uh, we are going to get into the Super Chats in just a little bit. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us right here on the podcast, man. Hit that thumbs up. We got 845 likes. We need legitimately 155 more likes for 1,000, guys. Please hit that thumbs up. The algorithm gods are going to be in our favor if you do so. Super chats are open. Get them on in. Memberships are open. Always accepting VIP applications for the VIP club. And hit that subscribe button down below, man. If you enjoyed the podcast tonight, if you enjoyed anything we had to say tonight, if you laughed and were entertained by us in any way, hit that subscribe button down below. Let's get into the super chats, guys. We got Joseph Taylor. 
with a $4 super chat. Who is better in the ring, Sting or Ric Flair? Me personally, Ric Flair. Yeah. Jesse says Ric Flair. Yeah. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. I feel the five levers of Jericho vibe with Brian MJF. Nah. They've done that twice already. Once with Cody and then once with Jericho. We're not going to do that again. Not today, Jay, with a 499. What the fuck was that Swerve Lee segment? Like, I didn't mind it, but it just seemed rushed and messy. I didn't like it, bro. I didn't like it. Tony Brown with a 199. I saw delicious booty meat. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. Jamie Hayter was out there. Anytime she's out there, man, there's meat not too far behind her and Tony Storm. Oh, my goodness. We got the dud with a one month. And then he got a two, a $2 super chat. He says, are you ready? What's up, JD? I think Alexa Bliss smashing Bianca Belair with a vase became an internet meme. Also, I'm starting to like action Andretti more than AR Fox. I mean, we've seen AR Fox once, bro, so. And he lost. Action Andretti actually beat Chris Jericho. Thank you for the one month, dud. Appreciate you, brother. The Jay Caleb Show with the three months. Rick Ross joins the Get Him Out Club. I don't know, man. Rick Ross didn't really add anything to the segment, but I, I don't think he completely ruined it. But the first impression debuts of... Unknown wrestler with dreadlocks didn't do anything for me. Tyler B with a 999. No message. Thank you, Tyler B. Appreciate you. PMAC with a $5 super chat. I don't watch dark, so maybe Jesse can tell us. I heard our girl Jade finally had some real competition. She went up against Dream Girl Elite. Ha 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 ha. She was on dark. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I, I heard our girl Jade finally had some real competition. She went up against Dream Girl Elite. Who the fuck is that? I don't know. But she was on dark. She's going to be like on this. Rampage against some some unknown. Like Verda this. Vixen? Yesterday, Kenny Omega, Jade Cargill, and Ricky Starks were on dark. And it sucked. Let that sink in. Don't care, bro. Still bad. Nick Williams, thank you for the $100 super chat again, brother. Always appreciate your generosity. Merry Christmas to you and your family, brother. We will, uh, we got one more live stream before Christmas. I'll be live on Friday. AW Mark 2018, 12 months. Thanks for everything you do, brother. Been listening to you for four years. I also see Sasha Banks showing up at the forum. After what happened tonight. Uh, We will see, bro. I don't know if Sasha Banks is going to be at the forum. But if she is, I mean, we're going to hear a complaint out of me. I just want to see that woman on television. Indigo with 28 months. Oh, my goodness. Hi, JD and Jesse. I lost my dad three days before before TG. So, holidays are going to suck for me. It's why I haven't been commenting on stuff. 
Much respect. Happy holidays. Uh, I'm sorry, Indigo. I I, uh, I had no idea, bro. I had no idea, man. I am terribly sorry about that. Um, we're just happy you're in the venue, brother. Let me see those prayer emojis for uh, my boy, Indigo. Joseph Taylor with a $3 super chat. JD, 12 months as a subscriber to your channel. Thank you, brother. Thank you uh, for the $3. Let's make it 24 JP, 5150 with 27 months. JD, I don't know, but lazy booking between the elite and death triangle has to end, bro. It's exhausting. I'm praying for a solid story. 2023, good show, though. Well, I'm hoping whoever uh, walks out of the best of seven with the Trails Championships, bro, the, de- the uh, House of Black are looking at him. Basic with a 9.99. Wow, Jesse is looking festive. Jesse repping the Bloods. It's a Bloods Christmas. <laughs> Thank you, Basic. Man of a thousand five holes with a 15 months. Good AEW, amazing main event. Hater and Sheeta killed it. Ricky Starks is not a pillar, but now a foundation. Great promo. Give me an eggnog. Uh, we got to spike that eggnog, brother. You, know, you ain't drinking just eggnog in the venue. I'm sorry. Tyler B with a 499. Merry Christmas, everyone. Jesse, I love the fit, bro. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Jurgen Muet. Muet with a $20 super chat. Thank you, Jurgen. Or Jurgen. I'm fucking up people's names left and right tonight. Hey, JD, do you think Shingo Takagi challenge Kenny Omega or will, or will Osprey for the IWGP United States title after Wrestle Kingdom? Because Shingo bit Osprey in the G1. I'm assuming that's the way it's going to go then, bro. I don't watch New Japan enough to give you a solid answer. I'm here for the Kenny Omega Will Osprey match, so I'll tell you that. Not today, Jay with a 499. Everybody just needs to chill the fuck out. This is a family, and the OTS is a fancy establishment. If y'all want to fight, take it outside. Uh, there was a misunderstanding, and then names were being called, and I, I don't know what the fuck's going on, man. Fuck Roxy. That was some ignorant bullshit. She got it all wrong. She started fucking name calling people, getting the shit wrong, and then got mad because nobody liked the fact that she was name calling people. Fuck off. The fuck out of here. I got time for this bullshit. The fuck out of here with that shit. Not today, Jay with a 499. Thank you, brother. Uh, Radio ZJ with a 199 is packing the top 25 wrestlers of the year. Uh, I'd say so. I'd say so. Definitely. Jerry Ramey with a $100 super chat. Thank you once again, brother. Uh, who's going to dethrone MJF? Uh, nobody in the next year, year and a half. And Wardlow, Darby, Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, all names to be in Big consideration for when that day does come. Not today, Jay, with a 1999 Super Chat. JD, two questions. One, do you think now with Triple H running the show, the elite could wind up in WWE before their careers end? And two, with Kota Ibushi becoming a free agent in January, do you believe he goes to AEW or WWE? Uh, Elite are not going to WWE, bro. Um, They're staying with AEW. And Kota Ibushi, I could absolutely see in AEW if... He is healthy enough. I know that man is fucking banged up. He's banged the fuck up. 
Don't know his status on anything, but I'd love to see him. That much I know. Uh, DJ with a four ninety nine super chat. This was a fun show. I feel like the only one who wants to see this, the only one who wants to say this, but I want to see the devil MJF versus the devil worshiper Malachi Black. No. No, no. Thank you. Uh, Guardian of Chaos with a 1999 Super Chat. JD, I take my duties as a mod with a sense of pride, but I don't time out for nothing. I'm fair, firm, and consistent. If I offended anyone, my bad. Hashtag E-L-E. Everybody loves everybody. Uh, listen, brother, nobody's mad at you, bro. We know that you timed out. You didn't, do shit you didn't ban. You didn't block. You didn't fucking banish them forever. You timed out. Things got uh, to a misunderstanding and names are being called for no reason. He's a fucking idiot. Okay. A timeout is not a benching. A timeout is 300 seconds. You'll live. Watch the fucking name calling. No need for the name calling. Look at that. You see that? Look at that. I know. After you just see. Roxy, I'm going to have to ask you to calm it down. I'm in Chicago. Roxy, I'm gonna need you to. Uh, I- I'm gonna need you to uh, calm it down, please, please. Got any problems? My DMs are open. See me at my next meet and greet. My DMs are open. Just hit me up. I'll get it all squared away. Uh, Dom Wapo with a 499 just left the show. Hope that crowd came across well on TV. Love the six man and the main event. Uh, you guys were great, Dom, except for the uh, swerve segment. Tim Lowry with two months. Thank you, Tim. The one called Sash with four months. Sean Ross Sapp said the guy is some former baseball player named Graydon Goatsman that got into wrestling. Never heard of him in my entire life, and he was probably... Uh, He's probably a uh, double-A ball player, bro. What team did he play for? He played baseball looking like that? I can tell you right now, he didn't play for the fucking Yankees. No. Kenny Manuel with the $10 Super Chat. Today's my 30th birthday. Great show tonight. You guys are awesome as always. Thank you, Kenny. Mr. Zacky Boy with a $5 Super Chat. Would you rather Mercedes Varnado come to AEW as a face or a heel? When Jay loses the title, could you please tweet her for the love of God? Yes. She can't come here. Um, Mercedes is coming as a babyface, bro. If that is the case. She can't show up anywhere after being on TV for damn near a year as a heel. Yeah. No one's going to say that. And uh, when Jay loses the title, I will absolutely do that, bro. Do not tweet at her when she loses the title. (laughs) For the love of God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't do that, man. Stu with 34 months. Merry Christmas, J.D., Jesse, and the OTS family. Great show tonight. Looking forward to the last two matches in the best of seven. See you all Friday night. Thank you, Stu Sexton. And happy holidays to you too, brother. And T1 with a 7.99 Super Chat. JD, why can't they just make Rampage two hours and future Ring of Honor titles and do a brand split? 
We don't need a brand split, bro. Not everything is that easy and simple, man. Money, networks, businesses. I mean, there's a lot of things to be done by just saying go live or go two hours. And I'm not that simple, man. Who knows what the uh, writing or the fine print is for the AWTV contract, bro? We don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's when they renegotiate their deal this year, which you know, AW's TV rights are up. Uh, TV rights deal is up in January 2024. So you know, negotiations are going to be happening pretty imminently. Uh, maybe they negotiate for Rampage to be live at two hours to really make it a solid B show. They they need two solid hours of Rampage every week to compensate and complement Dynamite. So who knows? We'll see what happens. Anyway, guys, that is uh, everything we got tonight, and we are about to get out of here, man. It is uh, shaping up to be a slow week. You know, this is the slowest time of the year, even though they say the uh, ad revenue on YouTube is the highest all month, all year. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't believe it. It is for me. I don't believe it. But uh, things are slowing down, guys. We got the end of the year coming up. I'll be live on Friday for SmackDown. Uh, it will be a tape show. And then Monday, Monday, we will not have Monday Night Raw. There will be no Monday Night Raw post-show because Monday Night Raw is a uh, is a clip show, best of show. So we will be live on Monday at 8 p.m. with Off The Script 458. So make sure you guys are aware of that because I will not be going live on Christmas Day. I am relaxing with a cold beverage and I'm going to enjoy the holidays. So, yes, yes. Uh, and, and everyone... Everyone out there that's still here, please, please enjoy your holidays. Have a very Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas to everybody, man. Hopefully you guys enjoy the holidays as well. But like I said, we'll be uh, we'll be back live Friday, or I'll be back live Friday for the SmackDown post show. Uh, Jesse, any uh, any final words before we get out of here? Um, no, man. Again, I seriously wish everybody a Merry Christmas. I'm not sure if I'm going to stream Friday or not. Not sure. We'll see, but I'll let you guys know on Twitter. Guys, Merry Christmas. There you go. Make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it there. Go check out the Monday Night Raw review. We got a ton of YouTube shorts. We got episode 457 of the podcast up on Sunday night. We talk about Sasha Banks, and they, uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi, but more more so Sasha Banks. We talk about uh, Mandy Rose. We talk about Vince McMahon. Lots of good stuff there, man. So go check that stuff out and continue to hit that thumbs up. Like I said, a thousand likes is the minimum. I will see you guys live on Friday. Until then, man, enjoy your Thursdays. I'm going to need the ace emojis in the chat, the Mustang emojis in the chat, the rock on emojis in the chat, and I need that music on Max. I'll see you guys on Friday for SmackDown right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.